the simplicity and just realizing that shedding all the complexities of modern life and just really leaning into the few belongings you have, the devices you have, and really just thinking about like, what are those simple things that we can do in our lives from chopping wood to learning how to sail that were so kind of important to our ancestral beings and just reconnecting with those and feeling empowered because of it. And then finally, which I probably would say is the most important part was for the first time, really developing a sense of honesty with myself, shedding the boxes that I think I'm supposed to check and just actually listening to what felt good for me. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, Paul is speaking with two special guests, Adrian Zimmerman and Rhett Taylor from one of our podcast's newest sponsors, NED. As co-founder and CEO of NED, Rhett is inspired by his passion for natural remedies and empowered by more than 15 years as an entrepreneur. Rhett co-founded the Brazilian Green Building Council, a non-profit which went on to become Brazil's leading voice for sustainability. Rhett founded and spent 12 years operating 40 North Group, a leader in the hospitality furniture sales sector. He sits on the boards of four Colorado-based organizations, each working to help people find a deeper connection to the natural world. Rhett is a father, outdoorsman, and endurance athlete, and lives in Boulder, Colorado, as close to the mountains as possible. Adrian is a serial entrepreneur and brand builder. Prior to co-founding Ned, he was a founding partner of BroBible.com, a popular men's lifestyle and entertainment brand that grew to over 15 million readers per month. After BroBible was acquired by Uprox Media, Adrian assumed the post of executive director of The Lad Bible Group, the UK digital publishing house that recently listed on the London Stock Exchange at £390 million. He also served as a brand advisor to fintech company Money Lion, which IPO'd on the New York Stock Exchange at $2.9 billion. He's a new father, an avid traveler, photographer, and writer. A big thank you to our premier sponsors by Optimizers, Paleo Valley, Organifi, our podcast sponsors, Ned and Wild Pastures, and our preferred product sponsor, Peak Life. Their support is essential in producing this podcast, and we hope you will show your support by visiting them online and trying all the amazing products they produce. Please check the show notes for links and details. The topic of today's podcast is Nature's Pharmacy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, we're going to get into nature's pharmacy. There is so much about nature that we overlook today as we're flooded with drugs and this product and that product and every other damn thing. But I found two geniuses, Adrian Zimmerman and Rhett Taylor from Hello Ned who go the extra mile and pour their love, their gratitude, their wisdom, and their life experience to their amazing products. And as all of you know, I don't use anything that does not meet my very high standards that I wouldn't give to my kids, my family, and my best friends. Welcome, Adrian, and welcome, Rhett. Thank you so much, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Very excited. This is uh, honestly a dream come true, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm. you guys are a dream come true for me because, uh, like I said, it's hard to find really top-notch stuff. And the market's so flooded, people don't know the difference between the real stuff and the not-so-good stuff. Shauna from Paleo Valley, who I love 
both Paleo Valley and Shauna. And Paleo Valley is right there as the gold standard with me for. So they said, Paul, you got to look into Rhett and Adrian because these guys are birds of a feather. And I'm like, okay, good, because they're hard to find. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, and Penny can tell you, I get so many people wanting to sponsor the podcast that sometimes my, I have a table in our dining area that will be piled high. And so much of the stuff I, I won't even test because I can just tell by looking at it, reading the ingredient list that it's not even near what I want to share with people, nor use myself. And some of these things I've tested, like the world's just flooded with all these brain enhancers and cognitive enhancers. And most of them make me feel like I'm wired on some bad speed or something. You know, I look at the ingredients and there's all sorts of stuff, high dose vitamins and synthetics and half the shit. I'm like, I don't even know why people would put that in their body. Testing your products was quite a shock for me because they had this calming, nourishing, smooth, almost like if I could bottle up what I feel after doing about 40 minutes of Tai Chi and, and then take a few drops of that, I got the sense of life force in me and, and a calming, stabilizing effect. And I can also tell that the products come from rich soils because there's a depth of flavor. You know, you can actually taste the soil. You know, I'm I'm wearing a shirt right now that says "Invest in Dirt" because I really <laughs> love that. I'm a man of the I'm a man of the soil. So you know, you can feel the earth in properly grown anything, and I feel the earth in your products. But to begin with today, I'd love it if you can share with my listeners what shaped you guys into being the people you are. Uh, the people that ultimately created Hello Ned and, and what led you to making the products that you do. Thanks, Paul. You know, I'll be sure to tell our farmer, Jonathan, and his family about that feeling the earth. Um, yes. You know, 100% of our CBD comes from Jonathan's family farm in Paonia. And uh, that's, a, that's a high compliment. So for me, my, uh, let's see, I was born in a mountain town with 11 people in Wyoming. My 11 people? Were 11 <laughs> you pe- call it a 12. town? <laughs> yeah, that, it had a post office, so it was a town. And in Wyoming, uh, you know, that's that's about uh, medium size sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I came from a town with three fifty, and I thought that was tiny. So you've topped the taught me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Esterbrook, Wyoming. It's in the Medicine Bow Mountains, and it is where my parents, who were both from Chicago, uh, they were part of the back to the land movement of the the mid to late seventies, and they they ended up in Esterbrook. You know, my dad told me later that probably half the population were Vietnam draft dodgers. They were, it was so uh, remote that it was a good place to go if you couldn't make it to Canada. I was born there. I didn't spend much time there, unfortunately, in my view. Parents moved me and we moved to Colorado Springs. And I ended up growing up in some of the bigger cities around the country, um, Colorado Springs, Cambridge, Massachusetts, you know, the two most opposite diametrically opposed places in America in terms of uh, <laughs> politics and, and geography, you know, kind of uh, became a product of those two places and always gravitated toward nature as a kid. Growing up in Boston, there, there wasn't too much of it, but I would find these sort of, you know, abandoned lots or city parks and would always, always find myself just gravitating toward nature, even in the sort of work I did as a kid. You know, I was always raking leaves and shoveling snow and mowing lawns. And I wanted nothing to do with babysitting or anything indoors. 
I applied to Harvard and CU. I said, uh, University of Colorado. I said, if I can't go to the best, I'm going to Colorado. Turned out I couldn't go to the best and went to, uh, went to University of Colorado, and it was one of the best things I ever did. You might be the better for it because the best is full of brainwashed people that can't think for themselves, I've found. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's kind of what my dad said. He went to Harvard and he, uh, he saw the campus. He saw my, uh, my class schedule. He saw the mountains so close and, and the beautiful Colorado sunshine. And he said, he said, man, I wasn't smart enough to go here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, and then in school, I always gravitated toward the mountains. I used to get 60 or 70 days a year of snowboarding, did a lot of backpacking, took a lot of people outdoors. And, and then also um, gravitated in my studies toward, toward nature and environmental policy, environmental protection. And after school, I graduated right, right after 9-11 uh, in December of 2020 or 20, 2001. I had some very good friends from Saudi Arabia. I got a call from one of them at Christmas at that time. And he said, hey, my dad is, has been asked by the government to start the first environmental company in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's going to clean up all the oil spills. It's going to bring education to grade schoolers. He, uh, he's basically been handed a monopoly and he's looking for somebody to, to work on it with him. He, he said, I, I told him about you. I told him you, you took a couple environmental policy classes. You, uh, you really like the outdoors. And I, I think you recycle, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was 2001 and green was, it was still just a color back then. It, it had no other uh, environmental connotations. I was hired to basically head up this $350 million first of its kind project in, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And it was an amazing experience. I was 22. I was um, I was involved in every element of of the environment over there. Unfortunately, the funding for that all dried up when the Iraq War began, and all of that funding was diverted back to Iraq. It had been given to Saudi Arabia to help uh, with environmental remediation after Saddam burnt the oil wells in Kuwait. But um, anyways, I was deeply involved in the environment, caring very deeply. And, you know, I think it was on a Tuesday when that was announced. Everybody was very green on, on Monday and ready to, to spend all this money to make a difference. And then on Tuesday, it was all gone and uh, no one cared anymore. So wow. honestly, uh, I left soon after that. And Saudi Arabia has since, it took 20 years, but um, it has really come around. But uh, that's in a whole nother podcast. I ended up um, back in in the States and again, focused on the environment. Um, after a stint in South Florida, I ended up in Brazil. When I landed in Brazil that very day, I tried to join the Brazilian Green Building Council. I'd been part of it in Saudi Arabia and Florida and realized that there wasn't one. However, there was a list of five people who had been trying to start it. So I emailed all of them. A woman got back to me and she said, uh, I've been trying to start this thing for two years. I'm having no luck. I'm about to give up. And I said, well, let me, let me see if I can help you. And she said, okay. And so she sent a car. She said, I'm going to send a car tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Uh, I, I go down that next, next, that next morning. It's a big black BMW. I open the door and it's the heaviest car door I've ever felt. It was a bulletproof vehicle. Uh, this was in Sao Paulo, and she turned out to be the wife of the president of DuPont in Latin America. And uh, oh. 
and also and very focused on the environment. Tessany Vonick is her name. She's just a wonderful woman. And she and I a paradox are, DuPont and yeah. environmental consciousness. I, I think her consciousness forced her or propelled her into environmental consciousness. And, but she is a, a really, truly wonderful woman who cares tremendously and has done a ton of good, including helping to co-found the Brazilian Green Building Council with me. Spent all my money doing that and kiteboarding and drinking caipaninhas on the beach and uh, exploring Brazil. And um, honestly, for the first time in my life or in my career, money became a real driving force for me. I grew up with, uh, with very little money and then found myself again at about 27 with very little money. And it scared the shit out of me. And so what I did then was take a, I created a company in New York City of all places that um, sold hotel furniture, fixtures, and equipment. Absolutely not a passion. Absolutely no interest. (laughs) But I heard that, uh, yeah, from the environment to filling landfills with furniture. It took me a while to realize that, honestly, where I started doing hotels for the second time. And I said, well, what happened to the beautiful furniture I supplied you six years ago? I realized it was all going into landfills. It was a real, it became a, a turning point for me really had to leave that industry. I um, even physically could no longer do it. I remember being asked a question at a convention and it was a question I'd been asked millions of times. I knew the answer to, but I just physically couldn't bring myself to answer it because I wanted nothing to do with the industry any longer. Rewind about two years from that point, I I had moved to Boulder, Colorado, brought my family to the mountains. My wife and daughter were in the Netherlands for two months. Yeah, my wife is from the Netherlands. Um, our lease was going to run up on June 1st. And I said, well, why would I start another lease? I'm going to, um, I'll start one in, in August when they come back. And for two months, I'm going to sell my BMW and I'm going to buy a 4Runner and I'm going to live out of my, my 4Runner and spend as much time as possible in nature. And it was an experiment for me to see how much I could thrive when I spent more and more time in nature. And it was also in many ways a way of, of healing myself. I ended up spending 51 days entirely outdoors. Um, That's great. Did, did not go inside except for a few times to buy some groceries. Uh, and it was a wonderful time. And honestly, within three or four days, I felt far more alive. I felt like I was thriving and you know, it, it really didn't take too long. And it was at that time that I first heard of you, Paul. And I was oh, listening that right? to, yeah, I remember it very clearly. I was on, I was on the interstate going from, this was toward the end of my, my 50 days. I was driving from Carbondale, Colorado to Canyonlands and Escalante Grand Staircase area. And I was listening to an Aubrey Marcus podcast and you came on and it was, um, I remember exactly where I was. I remember quite a bit of that episode and it was, it was a transformational episode uh, for me in that um, I really got to hear somebody for the first time really leaning into this in a very intelligent way that um, I was finally finally able to begin to articulate what it was about nature that just made me feel so much better, so much happier, healthier, more alive, and just truly be my best. You know, I tend to live, I tend to think a lot in the center of my brain and 
it becomes difficult for me to articulate a lot of the feelings I have. And you were, you were one of the very first people who was articulating it for me. And it helped me make a connection where on that drive, I then went and spent eight days entirely alone. Well, actually five days entirely alone in the canyons and um, did a bit of a, a vision quest. I brought um, five avocados and a jar of Justin's almond butter. Justin, uh, Justin's a buddy of mine. <laughs> and, um, and just lived at the bottom of this canyon for five days. And it was coming out of that that I really found my purpose, which is really to, to help others feel what, I'm, what I was feeling, which is that we really can feel better and live better through the powers of nature. Um, and that that's, was, that's beautiful. That was really the start of, of Ned. I, I called up Adrian, said I got this big grand idea. There were many, many parts and pieces to it. We talked about it for a couple of years and eventually it, it morphed into Ned. But, you know, I'm, I'm leaving a bit out, but um, that's kind of the, the story in a nutshell, going all the way back to Esterbrook, Wyoming, population 12 when I was born. <laughs> well, 12 is 12 is the symbol of completion, so there must be something to that. And yeah. you were the number 12. What, yeah. what is, how did you get to the name Ned? I've never gotten clear on that. That was Adrian's idea. And, you know, we were really looking for the most approachable name we could think of because when my mom had breast cancer, I went, you know, she decided that she would not battle her cancer through chemo or radiation. And instead, she would battle it through nutrition and movement and positive thinking. Honestly, that scared me a bit. I wanted her to do everything she could to stay with us. And my sisters did as well. So I went out and I learned everything I possibly could about battling cancer through nutrition and movement and, and positivity. And one of the things that uh, came to me early on in that, that journey was cannabinoids, CBD in particular. And I bought some at the local supermarket here in Boulder, alfalfas, which was uh, on the more progressive side. I brought it home to her and she looked at me like I had just brought a kilo of cocaine in the house. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she really, she said, oh, ready, I, I've, never, I've never smoked marijuana in my life and I'm not about to start now. And she just had those hangups that her generation uh, had around marijuana. Thinking about that conversation with her, we really wanted to be a very approachable brand. We wanted other people to be able to have that conversation with their parents, their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents, and let them see the product, hear the name and say, yeah, okay, this, this, looks, this looks approachable. So Yeah, that, very interesting. Yeah. So Ned was just, uh, there's not, it's not an acronym. It was just something. It's uh, not an acronym. Yeah. You know, it's, but it is so flexible, right? Like after we came up with the name Ned, we we're like, we had a list of 12 acronyms it could really stand for. But really what it came down to was, you know, this mission, as Rhett mentioned, of creating a brand that was hyper approachable and also observing that so many brands, not just in hemp and not just in wellness, but in CPG in general can really find itself in one of a number of camps. It can be very kind of biohacky or maybe very scientific, maybe medicinal, or on the flip side, very like crunchy and granola and something that doesn't feel like is easy to trust. You know, I think Ned, kind of when it popped in my head in the shower, it was like, wow, this could be, you know, a friend, right? Ned could be a neighbor. Ned could be this this character that is, 
worldly, but also very grounded. It's so it really just came as this almost like a, a personality more than a, a acronym for anything. And, uh, and it really felt good. And, you know, there were a few bad names before that. And, <laughs> um, and when I called Ned or when I called Rhett the next morning, I was like, Hey, but like, what do you think about this one? And it was probably the first time that he was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was, that was it. But, you know, at the end of the day, like Ned can be whoever you really want it to be. And that's what we love. We love the flexibility and the, and the approachability of it. I think it's nutrition and education to support your dreams. Yeah. I love it, Paul. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it can be yeah. nature every day. Yeah. yeah. It's your depot. You know, it's really just. In medical terms, it actually, uh, and I learned this later, but it's uh, no existing disease. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> what a what a concept for today when we have the highest disease rates of every friggin' kind ever, you know? Absolutely. It's like the I mean years ago when I was writing how to eat move and be healthy, I was doing research on the uh rate of of medical drug use and I found that 85% of the world population was on at least one prescribed medical drug. And I thought that is unfrickin' believable. And that was you know, I was doing this research around 2000. I published the book. It took me three years to write and, and edit the book. But and, and at that time, the statistics were one in two people uh, worldwide would get cancer in their lifetime. And we're way above that now. We're approaching almost one in one. I mean, it's crazy, crazy, crazy what's going on out there. And wh one of the reasons I love doing the podcast is because I like to inspire people to realize that a lot of people's health problems, physical, emotional, and mental problems actually come from honest ignorance. They've just never been taught the truth. They don't know the basics. I wrote How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy because I had to say the same things over and over and over again. I'm like, nobody understands the importance of looking at their poop or their pee or smelling their pee. I was constantly amazed. I had women that had no knowledge whatsoever of how to manage a vagina. I'm like, wow, you have a vagina, but you don't know the importance of the mucus, the smell, the texture. I'm, I'm, I'm like teaching basic female hygiene because of so many vaginal yeast infections that were coming my way. And I could see people were just living off of processed packaged garbage. And there, there was very little awareness of herbology and, and natural supplementation and unfortunately, as you guys know, the, the powers that be are, are now eliminating almost anything that you can use to get healthy with. It's almost like they're making yeah. it illegal to be healthy. So when I find guys like you that, you know, believe the way I do that a balance of common sense and healthy practices and supplementing your diet and your lifestyle with a variety of specific nutrients that are known to be stress relieving or give us specific nutritional molecules that we may not, you know, not, not many people are going to go out and eat a bunch of marijuana to get some CBD, right? So there's certain things that science has given us that, that if, if it makes it into our consciousness, we realize, wow, there's tools we can put in the toolbox. And I'm, as you guys probably know, I'm 62 and I'm still making rock stacks out of huge rocks and lifting 
heavyweights and, and functioning, you know, at the level of a much younger man, not because I do anything magic. It's because I do the things that are <laughs> health giving, eat real food, drink clean water, exercise regularly, have an internal practice to be with yourself each day, be creative, have, be clear at what makes you happy, do happy making things. Don't get caught up in the bullshit of the world because that's just a distraction. So it's, it's, it's sad to me that there's so many people that are so far from living core principles that are health giving, but then are in a state of anxiety and fear because kids have got cancer, because they've got cancer, because they're bodies hurt all the time. They're inflamed all the time. There's massive amounts of obesity, largely due to diet and lifestyle manipulation and, you know, fault, faulty information. And, you know, the, just to give you an example, when I give lectures where there's nutritional components to the lecture, I'll always ask how many of you in here have a degree in nutrition? And, you know, sometimes 20, sometimes 30, 40 hands will go up. I said, okay, now of those that you that have your hands up right now, how many of you were taught anything about soil science whatsoever when you got your university degree in nutrition? So far, none of them have ever gotten any. I'm like, well, I have a question for you. Can you know anything about nutrition if you don't understand the basics of soil science? And the answer, most people don't know the answer. I say, it's not, it's impossible because nutrition begins in the soil. Point being is we have a problem of understanding from the ground up and it is a serious problem and so when i get a hold of a product like your guys's or products like your and the first thing i'm tasting for is the soil because i was raised on a farm most of my life a working farm a productive farm uh, we raised pigs on one of our farms we raised sheep on another farm then we raised a lot more sheep and cows and chick chickens and pigs and horses and goats and we sold produce so and my father was the president of the farming association for many years so i studied soil science courses and learned what nutrition really is so that i could actually direct people to the things that are the most important because if you don't eat real food then you're always going to buy supplements to try to compensate for the lack of being connected to real soil and you know, I'm just making the point that the, these are like such important things to talk about that hardly anybody ever talks about. Hi, everybody. Today, I have a very special, practical, free offering for you. I suspect you know that low back injuries are the most common of all orthopedic injuries, regardless of age, profession, or what sport people play. And a huge percentage of low back injuries happen while squatting. Squatting is one of the seven primal pattern movements I identified as essential to our ability to function well in our home, work, recreational, fitness, or sports environments. Most don't realize it, but the squat pattern is one of the most common patterns that lead to low back injuries. We are using the squat pattern when we get in and out of chairs, on and off the toilet, or engage small children. Additionally, to get in and out of a car requires a single-legged squat with a bend and a twist, particularly if you drive a car that's low to the ground, like a sports car, which is a very complex movement for anybody with a weak dysfunctional core or who has an unresolved back injury from the past, which is exceedingly common, even among world-class athletes. I would love to give you the squat assessment I developed for the students of the Czech Academy so you can identify any muscle imbalances, joint restrictions, or technical flaws that include the need for form correction 
compression or corrective stretching, joint mobilization, and specific strengthening. Anybody that wants to heal from back pain, avoid unwanted back pain, enhance work readiness and athletic performance, will be well supported by using my free squat assessment checklist. My squat assessment is ideal for any athlete wanting to optimize their performance in the squat. My squat assessment includes three key setup assessments, 11 squat execution assessments, a list of key indicators of muscle imbalances, muscle weakness, or joint restrictions. Additionally, once you've downloaded my squat assessment, you will receive a sequence of follow-up videos that will show you how to use it. These instructional videos are not only highly informative, they are also free. To get your squat assessment form and free instructional videos on how to use it to its potential, go to chekinstitute.com forward slash squat dash assessment. That's checkinstitute.com forward slash squat dash assessment. I'm sure you'll be amazed how effective this squat assessment is, even if you don't have back pain, and how much it can help you help others. Enjoy. Adrian, we haven't really got a chance to hear too much of your developmental background. So how did, you know, I, I've, I've heard your, your story a little bit, but I'd like to hear a little bit about what led you down this road, because it seems to me that there's a bit of a parallel between you and Rhett. It's like almost you guys were walking parallel lines without maybe realizing how long have you guys known each other? We, uh, we became friends back in New York city, what, probably 07 or 06, 07. So, you know, by the time we started the business, we'd been friends for 10 years, but you know, I think it's, it's a great segue, Paul, you know, this idea of lack of consciousness and a lack of real understanding of health, because that really was my path where I think Rhett, I think always had a lot more kind of an explicit approach to his health and well-being and this, and this awareness, how much he valued nature, where I think, you know, I grew up with it. I don't think I really connected the dots in terms of how valuable it was. Right. So, you know, I'm a, a son of immigrants, uh, my dad was Dutch. My mother was Finnish and, you know, would spend pretty much every summer growing up in Europe, largely in Finland at my grandparents' farm, which is in a small hamlet west of Helsinki, about two hours. And it was most often in the summers where it was midnight sun and this like just incredible, beautiful nature that was always around us and birch forests. And I'd be naked always and you know, picking strawberries from the farm or foraging for berries and mushrooms, with my grandparents. And it was this uh, really incredible nature that I would receive every summer. And then I'd come back to Connecticut where I was growing up and kind of fall back into the rhythm of go to school and then go to sports and then do all this. So, you know, and I think that really that kind of narrative of what I grew up with in Connecticut is what what I pursued in my entire life, which is like, okay, do the things I'm told I'm supposed to do, right? It's go to school, get good grades, go to a good college, graduate that college so you can get a good job and so on and so on and so on. And I followed that path to, you know, to, to Boulder, Colorado for, for college as well, which is how Rhett and I eventually became, became connected in New York City. But, you know, really it was just doing the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing and set off on my career to just check off boxes, right? That I didn't necessarily set out for myself. It was almost like 
created for me. After graduating from, from CU Boulder, I uh, found a job in Hong Kong uh, working for, funny enough, uh, a green venture capital fund. So Red and I both had this sustainable background with very little understanding of what that meant at the time. So, you know, we were looking at sustainable development projects, green building, sustainable, sustainable agriculture, and, and really at the end of the day, trying to invest in Western ideas that we could then implement at scale in Asia. You know, it was a really interesting kind of learn by trial. And I was just, I really didn't know anything and I was pretending a lot and um, and it was just, you know, I was 22. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know anything. And like, yeah, you know, this is a tangent, but honestly, probably like the best lesson I ever learned was that nobody else knows what the fuck they're doing either. Like it's just, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, there's, it took all the pressure off of trying to like, you know, fit into a room or whatever it was. But anyway, it, it, long story short, I decided I wanted to be on the other side of the table from a venture capitalist and wanted to be in startups and left my job in Hong Kong in 06 and, you know, settled in, in New York to pursue my first startup. In that experience, I just got my ass kicked. Same thing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was making all the classic mistakes, but it really felt like business school. And, you know, out of those ashes eventually came a business that I would really cut my teeth in, which is a, a digital media company that I co-founded with a couple of guys in New York. It's called BroBible.com, so men's lifestyle and entertainment, and very different from what we do today. But it was it was such a great learning lesson and taught me that if I was relatable and I could create approachable stories, that we could actually like really connect with people. So I grew that company to about 15 million readers a month and then sold it in 2012. And all of a sudden found myself in this place where I had a you know, big win under my belt, had some money in my pocket, you know, was quote unquote known around town and media. And it was all of a sudden a feeling like I had checked off all these boxes and I, you know, was supposed to be at this point happy. And sure enough, I was just kind of after a couple of years, this label of success, just feeling this sense of discontent and a real feeling of emptiness and this feeling of like, like there's got to be something else to this. And to your point earlier, I didn't have any awareness or any sense of like how to be conscious about what I was doing. Right? Like my life really was this trifecta of work and make money, date and try to find validation through sex and love and these things. And then it was my social life that was all about, you know, just partying and trying to like get some sort of acknowledgement of like being good enough. I started to really just almost drown in this sense of discontent. And a couple of years later, I've been on the board of a company out in the UK that was really emerging as probably the largest digital publisher in Europe. I had the opportunity to go out there full time. I was like, okay, like, this is the answer, right? It's, it's the place. It's not the person. I've outgrown New York, so, so, so. And um, I ended up moving out to the UK, thinking that that would just solve my problems and a change of scenery would somehow like reinvigorate my psyche. And, um, and I think it felt like it did for about a month. But then I started waking up with that same feeling of just like, 
my God, like time is just ticking by. I'm miserable and I don't really understand what's going on. And this is a point where, you know, I think had I been read, like I probably would have had enough awareness to just be like, this isn't really working. Like, let's fix something. I didn't really have that awareness and just continue down this path of, you know, working more and partying more and dating more. And, and it was about six months into that job in the UK where it, all of a sudden, like it was my mind and body conspiring against me to just change something, which came in a pretty, I would say, a unwelcomed form, which was um, I was presenting in, in front of the entire company. It was about 75 employees at the time, a quarterly, quarterly review. And, and more or less, as soon as I started talking, I just had this full on panic attack. And for the first time in my life, lost control and, um, you know, had my hand shaking and my voice tightened up and really just had this total punch in the face moment and no idea really like what that meant. It was- it's called a midlife crisis, Adrian. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> just came a little early for you. That's all. Yeah, yeah it must have been, you know, and it was just <laughs> that, that well, the, the cool part is, Adrian didn't go and buy a Ferrari or something. He, uh, this is my favorite part of the story coming up. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Rich heard it once or twice. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I basically, you know, I broke out in shingles the next day. I was now physically manifesting all this, all this stuff. And um, a week later, the founders of the company were like, hey, look, like, we don't think you're the guy for us. Uh, so more or less it's led to me being fired. And so basically my entire life that I'd been trying to build up by like this house of cards, just, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is like, you know, all of a sudden just came crashing down and I was like totally in this low point where it was either, I don't know, get some Xanax and keep going or really take a step back and try to reevaluate the way I'd been living my life. And how can I actually like find joy and sustainability in my life? And I was very fortunate, you know, from my previous wins in my career, I was able to take some time and, you know, it was a uh, kind of on the whim and very synchronistic series of, of events that I had a friend's wedding in Seattle after that. And for the first time since college, I was like, you know what, I'm going to drive down see my parents in California and go camping along the way. I'm going to take a road trip by myself. I'm going to spend time outside and, and bought a cheap tent at REI and had this rental car and I was just puttering around the West Coast. Uh, but for the first time since college, I was like really reconnecting with the outdoors and, you know, having these beautiful mornings with just me and a cup of coffee and just beautiful nature everywhere. And, and it was on that trip that I decided I was I was going to go like away away and ended up buying a one-way ticket to Nepal really is this first step to be like, okay, I'm just going to go away for a couple months, figure some stuff out and then come back. But what I didn't know is that two months would really turn into two years of just complete disconnect and wandering and, and really changing my life so significantly for the better that, and it would come with all these lessons that would really set the foundation for Ned and what was next. 
you know, and it was a lot of stories in between there and the end of the journey, 30 countries, a lot of wild adventures and near death experiences and hair down my shoulders and sleeping in a tent most nights. But really when I can sum it up on the, on the back end of it, you know, if I can take three big lessons from that first terrible experience into what I would call rehab for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, Real rehab actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, truly. So one, you know, we've already talked about the importance of nature, but really understanding just how important it was for the human spirit and to feel like your home within the outdoors is it's the most empowering feeling and you just know you're okay at that point. The second was simplicity and just realizing that shedding all the complexities of modern life and just really leaning into the few belongings you have, the devices you have, and really just thinking about like what are those simple things that we can do in our lives from chopping wood to learning how to sail that were so kind of important to our ancestral beings and just reconnecting with those and feeling empowered because of it. And then finally, which I probably would say is the most important part was for the first time, really developing a sense of honesty with myself, shedding the boxes that I think I'm supposed to check and just actually listening to what felt good for me. Right. So I think when I finally built that dialogue with myself, I was able to find honesty with others. And I think when I was honest with others for the first time in my life, I was actually having real human connection. And when I say real, it was, it was beyond any sort of preconceived notions. It was just humans connecting with humans and, and that sense of human connection just really like created a sense of safety in the world that I had never really felt before. So, so yeah, long journey, not so short. I landed back in the U S and, and just felt like I had a totally new perspective while also feeling like, okay, it's up to me now. It's my choice to, to chart a new path. And, you know, I think there was this opportunity early on to fall right back into the career and make a ton of money. And, and then there was this opportunity to, go somewhere I wanted to be, which was Colorado. And then it was around that time that Rhett and I had been communicating a bunch, trading ideas. And it was summer 2017 that it's just a road trip from Utah to Colorado that I decided like, okay, now it's done. And, uh, and it's only about a month later that I got the call from Rhett where he was out of breath and he had just, you know, left an extraction facility. And I was like, dude, I think I found something. I think, I got the thing. So, so that was the seed that then sprouted in it. That's fantastic. And one of the other messages I think for, from both of you is that we often need to disconnect to reconnect. You know, the, the world, the world is so capitalistically, politically, corporately driven that it really starts right from the beginning of our education I mean, you even have Christian churches that were telling people that God wants you to get vaccinated. I mean, so politics has poisoned religion. And so people really don't have anywhere to go to get out of this matrix. 
and and I think we're still fortunate enough to to actually have campgrounds and and places where we can be alone and we can put our feet on the dirt. The real the real thing is being alone enough with yourself to develop a relationship with yourself because most of us are so pushed through school systems and as you say ticking off boxes that we actually get further and further from our soul nature. You know, our soul nature really showed itself when mom and dad would say, do your homework. And our inner voice said, no, I want to ride my bike. I want to yeah. climb trees. I want to go That's play with the, my dog. I don't want to freaking memorize shit. Yeah. You know, but we get so pushed out of that. And I think, you know, there's so many people today that are just suffering from a, a sense of disconnect and they don't really know what it is that they're disconnected from, but it ultimately boils down to authentic human relationships and connection to nature. And I think that's one of the reasons that having a garden is so important, or even just having plants in your apartment or a pet or something that requires you to actually have a relationship. I've got to remember to water and take care of these things and it teaches you that everything's alive because without these primal relationships, then we live just in a world full of objects and full of stuff that costs us money. And we keep identifying this emptiness as the need for more stuff. And so we have to work harder to pay for it, but then we get emptier. So then we buy more stuff. And the next thing you know, you've got what we've got today is people that are just running on this treadmill going as fast as they can while their bodies are breaking down, their children are breaking down. The religion's brainwashing them, the government's brainwashing them, the corporate media is brainwashing them. And so you, you just go into, it's almost like the whole world's in a midlife crisis right now and they don't know how to get out of it. And it's like the stories that you're both telling are mirroring millions, if not billions of people's lives. But unfortunately, they didn't have, you know, Rhett, you came up with enough connection to nature to know to hear that call back to the simple, back to the natural. And Adrian, you found your way back there, fortunately, too. And it's quite amazing that ultimately both of you went through a crisis that led you not only back to the connection to the earth, but to realizing that you could give love and support to other people by bringing them that sense of connection in products that they may never, ever be able to get access to anyhow. But ultimately, the story you just told is really what's more important about Ned than the products themselves, because it's a story about all of us. Rhett, uh, you got somewhat famous for your natural workouts in New York City. I watched uh, you, you doing your kind of primal workout on uh, your intro video on your website. And I go, there, there's a guy that I uh, would have been getting <laughs> dirty with for sure. You know, some uh, rock and dirt and, you know, nature man. Yeah. Heck but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us about um, what, what I'd like to hear from each of you, what your, if you could sort of summarize, what is your health and fitness philosophy? If you had to state in front of an audience, what your living philosophy is, in a way that it could be memorized, how would you categorize that? Yeah, well, Paul, you know, you uh, that video was shot in 2009, I think. And in the, uh, what, 15 years since since then, the uh, the word primal has taken on a 
a ton of uh, a ton of baggage. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know, primal always made the most sense to me. Like um, just DNA movement, DNA nutrition, DNA thinking, DNA sleep, doing the things that our ancestors always did, and the things that helped us evolve and become the species that we are. And um, and you know, just it just honestly, intuitively, always just made the most sense to me. I on, I really wasn't able to articulate it until I told you a, a lot of a lot of my ideas live in the, the deep center of my brain and it, it's, it doesn't make it to the prefrontal cortex sometimes. But um, I was living in New York City and um, I had been a amateur, somewhat competitive uh, marathon runner and then ultra marathon runner. And I, I, I did this uh, 50 mile race and I did really well. I wasn't even sore the next day. And then a couple of days later, I played basketball on the West Side Highway with a buddy of mine, just one-on-one, shooting around. We played for 45 minutes, and I was so sore. I was, um, you know, I, I could run. I could go forward. But if you asked me to go laterally or vertically, I didn't have it in me. And I called myself an athlete and a top athlete at that. And so it was that was a, a wake-up call. And then not long after, I was on a flight from – from, uh, from New York to Denver to visit my dad for Thanksgiving. And I opened up Outside Magazine and I read an article about Erwan McCor, uh, this French guy who had basically codified the my favorite type of workouts, which was just playing in nature, climbing trees and lifting rocks and logs and getting dirty and a little bloody and, um, and challenging yourself, balancing, lifting, running, swimming, carrying, catching, jumping. And, um, and I said, shit, that's awesome. And as soon as I got to Colorado, I said, Hey dad, I dropped my bags and I went and ran around the lake, uh, near his house. And I, I kind of did what I thought Erwan was talking about in that article and just felt so good. You know, I, and then I, I came back and I said, well, I'm now I'm in New York city. Where can I do this? So I, I went up to central park and, um, you know, I was, I had read born to run prior to that. And I was big into uh, barefoot running and I was the guy running around New York city with no shoes on. Uh, if you were lucky, I would wear Vibram five fingers. And, um, and so I was, I was out there doing that in the snow and I just loved it. And I absolutely loved it. And then the spring came around and, and I remember I was, I was climbing a, climbing a tree and I saw the, the New York city barefoot runners club come by and there were, this is a big deal. There were probably 60 or 70 people running by and they were running on the pavement and they saw me, up in this tree. And then they saw me 10 minutes later, I was, I ran past and I was balancing on a fence post and, and then uh, maybe I was lifting a rock or something. And, and three guys broke off and they said, Hey man, you look like you're having way more fun than we're having. We're just running <laughs> barefoot. Like, and I, they said, can we, can we lift that rock with you? Can we climb a tree? Said, yeah, sure. Let's do this. And, um, and so af- after a couple hours of that, you know, they said, Hey, that was so fun. Can we, why don't we do that again next weekend? And so we said, all right, we'll meet at nine. And so they came and they brought a few other friends and, and, um, and then they, you know, every week there were more and more people. And then somebody said, Hey, there's this new thing. It's called meetup, meetup.com. So I put it on meetup and, um, and it just exploded, Paul. It was, um, it was, it was all of us people from connected with nature. We were from Wyoming. We were from, Serbia, we're from Brazil, we're from North Carolina and and rural places all across America. And we're living in New York City because that was part of our 
our journey, but we were missing the hell out of nature. And um, all of a sudden, you know, there was this meetup at 9 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays where you could go climb trees and lift rocks. And it was a blast. And um, Erwan caught wind of it after the Wall Street Journal wrote an article about it. He had me down to to West Virginia to train with him. And he said, you know, you're really just doing pull-ups on tree branches and push-ups in the grass. Like, let me show you real natural movement, move that. And that was eye-opening. And, and I came back and I said, uh, you know, to thank, to thank Erwan for the time he spent with me, I'm going to spend more time with people. And I did all this for fun. I never made a penny off of it. You know, this was pre-primal. This was like pre, this was when MoveNet was just uh, getting started and, you know, people weren't doing bodyweight exercises. It was all well before this. And, um, and it was a blast. And yeah, probably 6,000, 7,000 people came through it. And I got to meet a whole cross section of New Yorkers from hedge fund managers to bus drivers, from the fittest people you could imagine to people who this was the first time they'd moved in a long time um, because they didn't want to go to a gym and do bicep curls. And uh, it was men and women and it was young people and older people. And it was just a wonderful time. And this was my passion. It was, it was what I did for fun. I told my wife, I said, as soon as it's not fun, I'll stop doing it. And I, I kept doing it until I, until I moved away. But my philosophy, my fitness philosophy, my health philosophy is to do what our ancestors did to be as deeply connected with nature as possible. I know that I'm able to thrive when I'm connected with nature and it becomes an uphill battle for me to come close to thriving when I'm disconnected. And I can feel that. I felt that uh, a bit through COVID and it's when I'm deeply connected with nature that, that I'm thriving both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually all of it. So that's, that's really my, my philosophy. And since you asked about uh, the New York city move that days, uh, I thought I'd let you know about that. Yeah, that's very <laughs> cool. Hi everybody. I am so excited to tell you about wild pastures, amazing meat delivery service. They have beef, chicken, pork, and wild caught fish. My family and I have been enjoying their meat for quite some time now. And I just couldn't wait to tell you about it any longer. We had an amazing barbecue this weekend, and I'm still high off the meat. And they use a whole network of regenerative farms, which means that you're getting a different ecosystem from each farm, which means a different nutritional profile, which means nutritional diversity, which means health and vitality, which is exactly what we need right now in the world for ourselves and our families so we can all make a difference in the world. And Matt Smith's going to tell us more about this amazing company, Wild Pastures, about their offering and how you can get it. Thank you, Matt. Thanks so much, Paul. And I'm excited to tell your listeners what they can get today and how we can help them out. So, you know, as you know, pastured meats are crazy expensive. And so our goal with Wild Pastures is to tap into this network of regenerative farmers and to finally create the solution of where we can get the highest quality meats delivered straight to your door for the most affordable prices around. And so we're on average seeing that we are 40% cheaper than any other delivery option out there. And that our customers have reportedly saved, on average, $1,000 on their grocery bill from meat alone. And so Wild Pastures is a regenerative meat delivery service that is solving this problem. 
and you can get 100% grass-fed and finished as well as pasture-raised pork and poultry and wild-caught seafood from Alaska delivered straight to your door. So it's far more convenient. It's far more environmentally friendly because we're using regenerative farms entirely. We don't use feedlots ever. So the, the nutrition profiles are way better. You can definitely taste the difference. I know we were talking about this on our uh, just before we hopped on, you having a Father's Day barbecue and, and how incredible the pasture-raised chicken and beef short ribs were. And you can really taste the difference, right? I'm and still so, high. <laughs> and so our goal is to remove the roadblock from people's minds that if they want to eat healthy, it's too expensive. And so that's where Wild Pastures comes in is we are delivering with our own fleets of trucks whenever possible. We haven't raised our meat prices in over three years at this point. And we're really just creating convenience for the consumer and kind of being the high tide that rises all ships. If we can opt more people into a system like this, the cost stays down for everybody. And so there is a myriad of benefits that go into that. And so today, if your listeners want to try Wild Pastures and taste the difference and experience what it's like, go to wildpastures.com forward slash Paul Check or click the link in the show notes and save 20% off for life, plus get free shipping for life. Plus get $15 off your first box. That's a mind-blowing deal. I can't even <laughs> imagine. I mean, I've never heard of an offer like that. And, you know, most people will hear an offer like that and think, this can't be that good. But I'm telling you, it's not, it's not only that good, it's really good. Or I would not be sharing this on my podcast. I think everybody needs to get a hold of Wild Pastures for their family, for their vitality, for their longevity, and for the future of this planet. So thank you guys very much. So Matt, Matt, just repeat the website again. Sure. Just go to wildpastures.com forward slash Paul check or visit the link in the show notes and get 20% off for life plus free shipping for life plus $15 off your first box so you can try it. You'll be glad you did. You guys probably wouldn't know this. I don't know how old you guys are, but I began lecturing on and unveiling my primal pattern movement system in 1988. Wow. So okay. I, was, I was probably one of the first guys on the planet to actually put science to primal pattern movements. And I had, long story made short, I was always asking the question because as a therapist, and I have done five cadaver dissections, and so having done extensive research on and study of every joint in the body and every muscle in the body and the nervous system, the glandular, the visceral, and everything I had to know to be a skilled therapist, I kept asking questions like, why are the vastus medialis oblique fibers at a 72 degree angle? Why are the rhomboids the way they are? Why are the middle back thoracic extensors fast twitch dominant, but the rest of them are slow twitch dominant? So. I begin to think there must be selective pressures in nature. And the reason our bodies are that way is so that they can actually thrive, survive in, and contribute to the evolution of nature. So I wanted to analyze what are the key movement patterns that we would have had to do to survive in nature without which we couldn't make it. So through a period of analysis, I wrote every exercise I could think of down. And I had boards covered with exercises. And so I asked the question, okay, which of the movements does all, does other exercises depend upon? So I kept reducing to common denominators. And finally, I got down to seven movement patterns, squatting, lunging, bending, pushing, pulling, twisting. 
and gait, which has three derivations, walking, jogging, and sprinting. So I could show that I could take those seven patterns and put them into combinations and produce every other exercise on the board. Absolutely. Then I went to the Czech Republic to study infant development and advanced rehabilitation uh, at the Charles Hospital with Vladimir Yonda, Carol Levitt. And there they had Dr. Voita, who had done 50 years of research on infant and child development. So I learned their approach to infant development. And when I came home from that, I was so blown away by what I saw because I saw uh, I got to work with patients, for example, that had just come out of a coma and they, they had lost their ability to move their body. And these Voita therapists could just touch key points on their bodies and their body would start moving like a child crawling or like a reptile crawling. And I thought this was just mind blowing that the body has these built in reflex points that activate movement patterns. So I learned about the key pressure points on the body and how the brain, nervous system, glands, organs, and musculoskeletal system are actually integrated through these developmental infant movements. And so I bought about 30 books on infant development and started studying them. And all of a sudden, I had this shocking realization. An infant goes through exactly the same seven movement patterns that I'd identified that we had to do while standing on our own two feet without any support in nature. An infant has to twist in the womb because the twisting pattern is so complex that it can damage the spine in a field of gravity. So in the womb, there's a lot of rotational movements that the child goes through to work hard in the connective tissues because their bones haven't ossified yet. Then the first thing they do is pick their head up, which is a push their head away from the ground. That lets them see what's around them. That induces the cervical curvature. Then they pull themselves up to their hands and knees position and start rocking back and forth, which is pushing and pulling. That develops the thoracic and the lumbar curve, and the lumbar curve continues to develop as they start lunging and trying to pull themselves up with a brachiation pattern, which is the chimpanzee pulling itself up by the branch. And then they fall and they squat down and they try that again. And finally, they learn to walk. And I went, oh, my God, look at this. The same seven movement patterns that I identified by analyzing human movement in nature are exactly what we go through in the womb and in our first year of development. And it was like one of those rare moments where all of a sudden you realize you've hit on something very, very big. And that's how I developed my whole primal pattern movement system, which integrates infant development to help people. Like I take a guy like you that does 50 milers. I analyze your infant development patterns. I know right where your system's disintegrated. And then I know how to reintegrate it. Then I make sure that you know how to do those seven primal patterns standing on your own two feet with functional balance and, and optimal motor skills. So I bring that up only to say you're talking about this primal system, but I was investigating this a long time ago and I started asking these questions in my uh, early 20s. I was a competitive fighter from the time I was 12 and I retired at 24, but I always realized there has to be a certain way to train the body to get the best performance out of it. And I intuitively sensed it wasn't sitting on bodybuilding machines doing biceps curls and knee extensions because I saw a lot of the guys that were strong in the gym couldn't. They, they, they didn't have a punch. They didn't have a kick. They were functionally useless. But guys like me that grew up throwing hay bales around and working with shovels and axes and, you know, hard farm work could kick their asses no matter how big they looked. So it's interesting how, you know, 
our psyches and our bodies draw us back to what is really core and primal within us because it is really the milieu out of which the human body, mind, and spirit emerges. And if we get too far from it, we're like a, a tree that loses its roots. It'll just blow over in the wind of, you know, modern environment. It's incredibly fascinating. You're absolutely right. And Adrian sees it every day. He has a, an infant son uh, who's going through all the motions. And then, you know, the, the other three that Erwan listed were catching, throwing, uh, and swimming. And then I always like to add sex in there as well, because it's a great movement. <laughs> See, for in my system, throwing is a lunge coupled with a twist and a push. Ah, okay. So I can take all the patterns and break them down. See, if, if you come to me injured and you can't do a throwing movement, like I've worked with many professional baseball pitchers and amateur pitchers. For example, uh, just a quick story. I had a, a pitcher from the Yankees was sent to me because nobody could figure out why he had three rotator cuff tears in a row and nobody knew what to do with the guy. And, you know, he only been on the team for a year and they're spending like, I don't know, three or four million bucks a year on the guy, something a lot. So they call me when nobody knows what to do. But what I found in my analysis is that he had gotten turf toe from playing football and also because he was a pitcher stepping across the mound it had damaged his great toe joint and he only had about four degrees of dorsiflexion, which is he could only lift his big toe up about four degrees off the ground, but you have to have 60 degrees of dorsiflexion to walk normally or throw a, a ball because you have to come across your foot because you deliver power from the ground up. So I identified that he couldn't dorsiflex his toe. So what he was doing is to get the ball to go 90 plus miles an hour, he would over accelerate his trunk and use his shoulder as an eccentric loading mechanism like a sling or a whip. And so he kept tearing his rotator cuff apart, but the reason that was happening is because he could not drive off of his leg. So once I mobilized his toe, and basically I played a trick on his motor system by rolling up an Airx mat and using that to pretend to be a pitcher's mound so that when he stepped across it, it was soft enough to let his big toe have the illusion of dorsiflexion. And I tested him with a one or a two pound medicine ball, throwing it at a rebounder. So the first thing I did is just say, give me a throw of this thing with his bare feet. And he, he didn't have much steam on it at all because it hurt his shoulder. But once I rolled that mat up and made it nice and thick, he threw the ball at the rebounder so hard it came off and blew one of the panels right out of the ceiling. And the ball ended up inside the ceiling. It literally just shattered the panel, blew it right out of the ceiling. And he looked at me and he, he goes, what the fucking hell just happened? <laughs> and I said, I made your body think that your big toe worked. So the moral of the story is I rehabbed his shoulder without touching his shoulder. I had to work on his foot and his leg. And ultimately, because the toe was so damaged, I had to get him what's called a rocker shoe developed. So it's got like a rocking bottom. So when he stepped across and went to propel, the foot would rock and it would create the same illusion as I did with the Airx mat. But many doctors and therapists were mind boggled that I never even worked on his shoulder, but I got him over his shoulder injury. I just worked on his shoulder just enough to, to deal with the trauma that had already been developed, but I didn't have to do anything to fix it because it wasn't a shoulder problem. The shoulder was a symptom of a problem. So the point I'm showing you is, is that 
my system, I can break any movement down. Swimming is definitely a necessary pattern, but I didn't put it in the system because a huge percentage of the population does not live near water. So I consider that to be a secondary pattern that's environmentally driven. So it's a primal pattern if you're near water, but it's not if you're not. But it's definitely an important pattern for sure. So this is just how I think as a therapist and how I think as an athlete. And I think, you know, what you're describing is your call back to nature and, and to this guy's work and to what you did is ultimately how our bodies are designed to work. The the, the key point is if you don't use your body the way it's designed to work in nature, then the body starts to lock up and it starts to adapt to its environment, which is why we have a whole field called ergonomics, because people don't realize the way their desks and their chairs are set up is either going to make them or break them. And so that's just my little interjection. But sorry, Adrian, I want to hear what your health and fitness <laughs> philosophy is after all that rambling. No, please, no need to apologize. And And, you know, I think Mine is probably a lot simpler than, than yours and Rhett's, and it's it's part of this self-honesty, which which I uh, so I came to realize that I don't actually love fitness and working out, and it's it's something that I I would say I always aspired to kind of be a kind of health and fitness aficionado, and it always felt a little bit it felt a little contrived and. I think what I come to realize really in the last few years and in developing that sense of self-honesty is that it's actually okay not to love it. And really what I've been feeling a lot more into when it comes to my own health and fitness is, is this like pleasure pain paradox, which I think is, is hyper relevant for so many young people today too. Well, I should say all people, but young people, especially who, are just presented with these constant dopamine drips and that life is just this like one big life of abundance. And, and there really isn't a lot of pain to, to balance it out. And I think this pleasure pain paradox is, is really important to that. And, um, and therefore, you know, when it comes to my own workouts and my own approach to my own health is, is really being focused on, and subjecting myself to pain with the realization that I will find pleasure on the back end of it. And that is both, you know, the way I feel, but also, you know, I'll kind of incentivize myself in the mornings that I don't have my coffee until I finish my workout. And, um, and it, it's, uh, it's a little more, I should say a little less refined than, than yours and Rhett's approach because it's, uh, yeah, it's just not one of those things within me that feels like it's the the, the fire inside of me. But um, but that's really what it is for me is is balancing pleasure and pain and uh, and making sure that I uh, I do get to experience the pleasure of feeling good, uh, and that's what keeps me moving there. I think it's you know it's a, it's a it's a good honest evaluation of yourself. And I think when I work with people that have your disposition, one of the things I do is I try to introduce them to a variety of different concepts. For example, I've never met a single person yet that when I took them out to my rock garden and showed them how to stack rocks, because it doesn't matter how strong you are. I can go from pebbles all the way to, you know, 400 pound rocks. 
And when they get to see something that is really almost bordering on art and fitness and their feet are on the earth and they can hear the birds and feel the wind. And I say, if you don't want to stack something vertical, just make a pattern on the ground, make a peace sign, do a Tai Chi symbol, do whatever. Don't do it. I'll tell you what, if you don't want to do anything, just take a bunch of fucking rocks and stack them up and watch the pile get bigger. And when you're tired say, that's my fucking workout today. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, but the, then there's, you know, things like pogo sticks and, uh, you know, throwing balls at rebounders. And, and you know, I, I have a whole bunch of tools. So one of the things I do with people is I take them in the gym and I say, today, your only task is to create, create exercises you've never done before. And now that's harder for people than anything else because they're like, oh my God, because they're not very creative. So I go, okay, well, imagine some shit. I'll protect you from being hurt, you know? And yeah, so yeah. when people, for example, like, okay, if, let's, can you kneel on a Swiss ball? Yes, I can do it. Good. Now take a pair of dumbbells, 10 pounders, and try doing a clean and press while you're on that Swiss ball. And they go, oh my God, that's a lot harder. But what you see is when you start getting the nervous system excited and you realize there's a threat, like I can fall off and hurt myself, it turn, tunes the system right up. You get some natural adrenaline going and your postural muscles and your stabilizer muscles activate, your sympathetic nervous system turns on. And it's like, you know, a double shot of espresso without the negative side effects. And the other thing is, a lot of people are unaware of this, but Joseph Campbell pointed this out in his teachings. He said, if you look into the etymology of the word bliss, it tracks back to pain. So we can't have bliss without pain. And so I think you've really hit on something important because we need that contrast. We, we, we need some level of discomfort to really appreciate comfort. Otherwise, we start being um, aloof and, and even depressive because we don't realize what we have. It's what other, what would be special and amazing to some Indian living in the wild, like to sit on a couch and watch an espresso machine, make an espresso or a, a, a toaster oven cook a pizza would be just like mind blowing to them. But when you do it every day, then you got to go live with the caveman to get excited, you know? So it's just this, we need this kind of contrast of terms. And one of the things that I've, always pointed out to people because we have this no pain, no gain attitude that still kind of stinks up exercise. And I say, you have to realize there's a difference between distress and use stress, useful stress as Han Seeley pointed out is useful stress. And it's up to us to, to exercise with enough intensity that we're making ourselves uncomfortable so that we grow, but not to do it in a way that's so stupid that we end up really resenting exercise and hurting ourselves. So I think for people listening is they, they need to really always be aware of that fine balance between useful stress and distress. And, and I think that goes with everything because you can put useful stress on your body with alcohol, with sex, with uh, staying up late at night, trying to get a job done on a computer, or you can put distress on your body. And if you're not conscious of when you're crossing the threshold into distress, you don't realize that you're actually traumatizing the system and then it begins to remember the event as a trauma, and then you have avoidance. And so you can end up having people that avoid exercise because they got the wrong trainer or didn't realize what they were doing. Yeah, Paul, I love that. And I came across this concept of distress versus eustress. 
maybe a year or so ago. And, um, and I'm, I got a question for you. So if, so you stress is good stress. That's stress that, that builds you up. It's the type of, of stress, like doing bicep curls or whatever it is, or reading a book that's good for you. Uh, you know, we all know what distress is. Now, the question is, you can take something that's, that's distressful, typically, and can you actually make it, turn it into eustress? Say for like sitting in traffic, right? It's distressful, okay? Uh, but you could turn to yourself and say, hey, this is actually a great time to call my dad. Uh, or this is, the, this is a great time for me to, to think through that problem I've been going through. And the reason I come to this is because, you know, the concept of, of so if you're thrown into cold water, that's distressful, okay? And you're not going to survive for very long. But if you choose to go into cold water and you say, I'm, I'm deliberately getting cold exposure because it's going to better me now, you can actually stay in that cold water far longer and the body is far less stressed than than uh, it would be if you were thrown into the water. What do you what do you think about that? Well, the, technically, the term distress is more oriented toward things that are traumatic to the body. So if you get thrown into, you know, like I, I've been swimming in the water in, in Sweden when, when the, uh, you know, icebreakers are stuck in the ice and they have to cut holes in the ice so you can swim in it. And so you get into that and, you know, you've, you don't have very long before you can't even breathe, right? And that's intense. So if the body goes into a survival reaction, or if you're, uh, for example, if you're rock climbing, but you're going way above your head and you fall and you, you break a leg, that's classically what Seeley was referring to as distress. What you're really talking about with your use of the example of cold water is the difference between listening to your mind or your ego and listening to your body and its primal instincts. When you listen to your body, It'll tell you, for example, I, I introduce people to the cold plunge all the time. And I say, okay, look, all these excuses you're hearing running through your head about why you don't like cold water, those are all coming from your program mind. But I challenge you to get in that water, stay in there till you start to go numb and get out and pay attention to what your body has to say about it. And every single one of them says, shit, my head's clear. My body feels great. I've got energy. And they realize that there's two levels of consciousness that are at play. One is the program mind and the other one's the autonomic nervous system and the subconscious mind, which is the wisdom of the body, which is our ancient primal wisdom. And so things like that show you that you need to drop down into the greater intelligence of the subconscious mind because it's been around for, you know, we're, we, our body is the synthesis of 4 billion years of evolution on this planet from bacteria, viruses, and fungi all the way up. And we forgot how to listen to that. So we get caught in that chatter in the head. So the other thing you were touching on is like the, the, the distress of traffic. That's really just um, mundane activity that's more irritating because our mind wants to be pleasured so quickly. And that's back to the, you know, chop wood, carry water. Part of becoming a spiritual adult is learning to make the mundane useful because mundane activities turn out to be excellent activities for meditation or excellent activities for practicing mindfulness and awareness. And so if we learn to transition from constantly having to be uh, fed, you know, 
candy bars all the time and, and uh, video games, then we can realize that we can actually get more in touch with the rhythms of nature because the rhythms of nature move much more slowly than anything around us, right? Winter, spring, summer, and fall takes a whole year, 24 hours for the sun and the moon uh, to, to do their cycle. But here we are, we got people that can't even watch a video for more than about 10 seconds on Snapchat. So part of it is for us to actually learn to connect to deeper rhythms and connect to deeper parts of ourselves as opposed to constantly having to be overstimulated. And Steiner calls that kind of problem supersaturation. He says the more stimuli you put into the body through food or environment, then the higher the threshold goes and the more stimuli it takes that person to feel satiated physically, emotionally, or mentally. And so it's a trap. It's like drilling yourself right down into the ground. And the further you go into that kind of digital reality, the further you get away from your instincts and your natural drives and the sicker you become for all the reasons you guys talked about in the beginning of our conversation, because you got trapped into the world of somebody else's making, but not mother nature's making for sure. Absolutely. Adrian, yeah, did you, did you uh, synthesize your fitness philosophy? I can't remember. Yeah, really just pleasure and pain coming together. And, and at the end of the day, I think kind of what you're alluding to also is just sprinkling in, I mean, fun. And that's, and that's a big part of it. And I think for me, you know, being outdoors is, is fun. Playing ice hockey is fun. Chopping wood is fun. And it's not necessarily always the act of it, but it's certainly fun to see a pile of beautiful, neatly stacked, fresh chopped wood piling up that I can then burn in a beautiful fireplace. There's, so I think there's all these, I guess I call them trade-offs. I might not like, you know, every workout, but there is pleasure in it. And it's important to keep that pleasure in mind. And, and when needed, why not? Give yourself a little motivation, i.e. my like my coffee comes after my workout because I certainly enjoy coffee. <laughs> yeah, me too. When you guys get to come visit me sometime, I'm an espresso connoisseur. I'll I'll make you a Paul check special. I got it all <laughs> dialed in, baby. Yeah, I've heard yeah. about those. <laughs> is that right? Well, what 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 what's kind of funny, Adrian, is one of the things that meets your criteria is some wild, passionate sex because it. it it can be pleasurable, but you can you can also end up with some pain the next day if you go long <laughs> enough. So if you can get to the point where you got pain, you know, at least you're a man enough that you don't have, uh, you know, erectile dysfunction or something. Yeah. You can hang in there, you can test yourself out a little bit. Hi, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast today. I've got some excellent news to share with you. The Bioptimizer's Black Friday mega sale is in full swing. And guess what? It's not just one day. It's happening throughout the entire month of November. This mega deal is available only for my listeners with my code. Yes, you heard me right. It's our little secret. Now, you already know that I have unwavering trust in Bioptimizers. These guys are the real deal when it comes to improving digestion. And let's not forget their top-of-the-line magnesium. It's truly the best on the market. Plus, they back up their products with a rock-solid 365-day money-back guarantee. No questions asked. And you know damn well if they were selling junk, they would never do that. They'd go broke. And 
I use these things every day. I only offer them to you because they work. Now is your time to fill up your shopping carts and stock up on Bioptimizer's goodness. Trust me when I say this, you won't find a better Black Friday deal anywhere else, not even on the mighty Amazon. And these are not just ordinary supplements. As I said, they work and I do use them every day. And I'm best buddies with Wade Lightheart, the co-founder of Bioptimizers. And he's a spiritual man that would never mess with people. He puts his heart and soul, as does his partner, on creating products that really work. And they do tons of research on this stuff. If you haven't listened to my podcast with Wade Lightheart, they're very good. This is the biggest discount you can get. So why not stock up while you're at it? and get some amazing early Christmas gifts for people you love. And there may even be some gifts for you with purchase that are available on my page, which is B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S. That's by Optimizers, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash living number four little d. That's by Optimizers.com forward slash living 4D with the code Paul 10. That's little P-A-U-L 10. This Black Friday, I challenge you to put your health at the top of the list. Instead of impulse purchases, why not focus on what really matters? Your health and that of your loved ones. Don't miss out on this mega deal for my listeners only. Head over to bioptimizers.com forward slash living number four D and enter the code Paul 10 at checkout. I promise you, you will look and feel better because you did. Lots of love. Happy Black Friday shopping. Now, you guys, your your uh, key products are full-spectrum hemp blends. Unfortunately, hemp and CBD have had so much attention directed at them, largely by manufacturers trying to sell magic bullets, that most people are now confused about the differences in the quality and effectiveness of both hemp and CBD products. Could you guys clear the confusion and share what's unique about your uh, hemp CBD and the Hello Ned process and the regeneration of the body, emotions, and mind? Because those products can work on all of those levels. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I'd love to kick it off by kind of starting with the seed and the soil and um, let Adrian get into more of the deeper science there. But, um, But yeah, you know, we... We're all about those two with the start. So our farmer, Jonathan, he owns his own farm in Paonia, Colorado. I spent an entire summer searching for him and finally came across a hemp farmer who was all about quality instead of quantity. And he was telling me about the soil, the organic elements, but not only organic elements, but the regenerative and then even the biodynamic, which brings a spiritual element into farming. Yes, very much so. And he's very much... Uh, uh, a practitioner of uh, biodynamics and and um, he is a true renaissance man like most farmers are as you know uh, you know farmers need to be able to solve new problems every day and um, and come a, come at them with different approaches so Jonathan's a former professional rock climber and uh, he has built his his family home uh, hay bale home. Um, oh, nice. Adobe, all from the, the clay soil around his property. All of the, the straw and wood in the home is from right there on their land. Uh, he also creates the fermented teas, the his own fertilizers, all of the, you know, he's augmenting the soil with with uh, with all the right elements that, that come from right there in Peonia. And, 
Paonia is this beautiful little farming hamlet on the western slope of Colorado that um, sits at a, a pretty high elevation, but has a microclimate of basically like a Kansas with the elevation. And the elevation actually is a good thing for the plants because it, it gives them stress and stress is good for, for the plants. So it's, it's this really fantastic area that's been a farming community for, for over 130 years. And it grows mostly orchards, uh, great vineyards there as well. But these are the types of peaches that, um, you know, people come from far and wide for. And it's also this like, you know, brain trust of amazing farmers sharing great tips and practices and techniques like biodynamic farming with each other. And then it also starts with the seed. Uh, Jonathan buys all the seed from Oregon Seed Co. Without a doubt, the best in the business when it comes to hemp seeds. You know, he's so in tune with the growing that he can tell whether a seed is, is one year old, two years old, three years old or, or beyond. And we actually switched strains this year because he was unhappy with, with the seeds from last year. He felt like they might be a year older than he would like. I mean, this is a farmer who's deeply, deeply in tune. And, you know, he can also hold a seed in his hand and, and just feel the energy there. And he's made selections that way as well. And it's, it's a family farm. It's, it's him, his wife, Liz, their two kids, their dog, and uh, their chickens. And they grow for our money, without a doubt, the best hemp there is. And so it really starts there. Uh, like you said, it starts with the soil. It starts with the farmers. Uh, it starts with the seed. And then it, it can get a bit deeper. Uh, and I'll let Adrian dive into that. But, but before... Uh, before we get it, it also is extracted. So the, the hemp is extracted. And what we're doing, as you mentioned, it's a full spectrum extraction. And so full spectrum means each of the over 120 plus different cannabinoids. CBD is one cannabinoid. THC is another. THC is the only psychoactive cannabinoid. CBD is the cannabinoid that's well known for being almost like the the bus drive that drives in the other cannabinoids into the system allows them to get into the system and then do their work. Adrian will tell you a bit more about some of the other cannabinoids, but it's fascinating. And there's amazing research that's happening. More and more cannabinoids are being found all the time. But yeah, so we, we use a, a cold ethanol extraction. And again, for our money, that is the purest form of extraction that leaves the plant in its closest biological profile. And whereas, you know, others are looking to create isolates or to, to amplify one cannabinoid versus another, we really just leave it to the most natural way and the way that mother nature intended. And, you know, that's kind of the root of where the quality comes from. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I just, I'll just add to that, that, you know, I think, a lot of the noise you referred to in the space and a lot of the ambiguity and this, this sense of like, I just don't know what to, to trust in this space largely comes from it being such this very fast moving wave that there's a lot of awareness, a lot of marketing, a lot of different products and people. And, and, um, and I think through all that, there was just an inability to kind of comprehend the core idea of what this, and what this medicine does. And I think Rhett hit on it. You know, I think CBD is what's often referred to when talking about cannabinoids and hemp in general. 
But what we should really be talking about is full spectrum hemp because full spectrum hemp is what is grown in hemp flower and in the hemp plant, right? So you not only have CBD, but you have all those cannabinoids, you have terpenes, you have trichomes, you have all these constituents that all have healing benefit. And the best way to think about it is like, you know, CBD has been heralded as this like amazing thing, but it CBD on its own is not all that beneficial, right? So as an isolate is not all that beneficial. The best way to think about it is full spectrum hemp is like a rock band. CBD got all the attention. It's the lead singer, but all of these other constituents working together is like what makes beautiful music and, and allows all these healing benefits to, to happen in the body. And really what that looks like from a functional perspective is, you know, we all have what is called our endocannabinoid system. Uh, it's our native system of receptors. It's the largest system of extracellular receptors in the human body, which is actually fascinating because it wasn't even discovered until the 90s when some Israeli scientists were studying the effects of THC on the body and they discovered these receptors, CB1 receptors, which are really in the brain and nervous system, and then CB2 receptors that are throughout the body. And really what, what is discovered is that, you know, it's, we all have endocannabinoids. So these are native cannabinoids within our system. And they're lipids like anandamide that's found in breast milk and really set the foundation for our, our human health. And, you know, like many things as we age, as we might have poor nutrition, as we might be deficient in nature or other things, you know, a lot of these endocannabinoids start to diminish in our bodies. And when they diminish, we be, kind of fall out of balance. And that's where things like inflammation start to happen and all the residual effects from sleep and stress and pain. And that's where plant-based cannabinoids can come in, right? So plant-based can cannabinoids include CBD, CBG, all these amazing constituents. And they can really act as a supplementation to our naturally occurring endocannabinoids that are that we might be void of. So, so that's really at the core of all of our full spectrum hemp blends is this idea that we want to do the best job possible in nurturing this endocannabinoid system. And the way that we know to do that, both intuitively and scientifically know is most effective is to really honor the biological integrity of the plant, right? So we're not trying to go for speed or efficiency when we're creating our products. It's all about harvesting by hand. Jonathan is growing by hand. Like there's no heavy machinery part of the growing process, of the harvesting process. When we do our kind of extra cold organic ethanol extraction, it takes a long time. It's a bit more expensive, but what it is doing is kind of cradling all of those amazing constituents out and not burning anything off in the process or using high pressure to blast constituents out. Right. So it's all it's about not traumatizing the, 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 the medicine, you know, exactly, exactly. And it, if you think of it like hunting, you know, if you have a bad shot on a deer and the deer struggles and you have to track it for, for hours and it finally expires, the meat is different than if it's a clean shot. You know, I, another simple example of that is, you know, we all love our coffee or espresso. I'm an espresso guy, but it, having experimented with this quite a lot, 
many years ago, I studied coffee. I studied Illy's work and his comprehensive book on coffee making. But it turns out that what's as important as the espresso machine is the grinder. And the best grinder is a slow speed burr grinder. And so what I did was I tested different grades of grinders, like, you know, the, the blade grinders that spin like a helicopter and just traumatize the shit out of stuff. So I would take a high quality espresso machine and the top notch beans. And the only difference would be the grinder. And it was amazing huh. when you use a low quality grinder that beats the beans up, the coffee has almost like a shocked feeling to it. Um, it's hard because we don't have words in our language for these nuances. But then when you use a really high quality, slow speed burr grinder, the coffee has a richness and a fullness and a bouquet and smells and tastes that you don't get when you traumatize it. And we're talking about a bean that's already been roasted, right? So you'd think, wow, whatever life is in there is roasted out. But it's not true because we're dealing with the integrity of molecules, right? So kind of an analogy was is that I've given my students before is if you use a proper slow speed juicer to make juice, then it's like me handing you a styrofoam cup, which represents a molecule and saying here it is intact. But if I use a high speed juicer, a coffee grinder, it's like me smashing the cup and say, here's the molecule well, your body can't even recognize it anymore. It doesn't fit any, any of the receptor sites. So I think these practices that you guys are talking about, even though they're extracting or taking things out because they're doing it in a way that's gentle and is more in line with natural processes, by the time it gets into your body, your cells can say, oh, nice to see you. It's Come on over here versus a bunch of broken parts that aren't that the body can't put together again. So you spend all this money for all this CBD and hemp or whatever but you got a bunch of broken glass running around in your body and there's not really any of the living molecules left, which I think a lot of people don't realize how important that is. And that's why I'm giving these simple examples of things like juice and coffee. Because if you actually pay attention to the difference between a high-speed juicer and a slow-speed juicer, you can taste and feel the difference. Same with the espresso. But when we're dealing with sensitive molecules, like we're talking about in a marijuana plant or a hemp plant, or many other medicinal herbs. Like if you look at how a shaman makes, I've made my own ayahuasca for many years and studied how the shaman do it. They don't use power tools. They're out there with a, uh, you know, a, a grinding roots by hand and, and using, you know, a, a big stick or something that's a slow manual process, but they don't take a wood chipper and just you know, blast the shit out of stuff. And I can guarantee you it wouldn't be the same. It just absolutely would not be the same. Yeah. And, and we hear that always when it comes to our oils, especially is that like, holy shit, this actually like tastes like cannabis smells, right? Like if, yes. You know, if you get a, a poor quality extraction or poor quality plant, or, you know, you're just going to taste it. It's going to taste funky. It's going to taste rank. It's going to taste, God forbid, like nothing. If, if it tastes like nothing, it is. It is not. Yeah, it's not going. It's to not happen. alive anymore. It's no, dead. exactly. So that's really what we're we're proud of, and I think you know, I think you even mentioned this to us. Is you know, as soon as you got it in your hands and tried it, 
there was this immediate like holy crap okay i get it and that's what we yeah heard. no there's there's life there there's real mm-hmm. life and the smells and the textures like the oil has this full-bodied life feeling to it it doesn't feel like something that came from a medical factory it feels i guess the difference would be to put an analogy the difference between breast milk and milk from the store that's been homogenized and and uh, pasteurized people that have never tasted breast milk wouldn't know the difference or raw milk like if you go milk right out of the cow i grew up milking cows you go from store-bought pasteurized milk to raw milk, and it's like they're not even in the same ballpark. You're like, who the hell would drink this store-bought shit if you've had the real thing? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you know, some people are so accustomed to the store-bought shit that they say, oh, my God, you know, I, I, can't, I can't deal with your product. It, uh, it tastes too much like hemp. And we go, well, that's how it's supposed to taste. And you're probably not our customer. (laughs) Well, what I would say to them is just realize that what you're using is nature's medicine. Mm -hmm. So instead of paying attention to the taste, pay attention to what happens when you use it. Because that's the same story as the people that whine and bitch and complain that the water is too cold, but don't realize how good it is until they actually get in it and let it do its magic. And the body says, yes. And that's, that's one of the, big things that people have gotten trapped in is they believe their mind more than they believe their body because we're in the age of of the intellect we're in the age of ideas we're in the mental stage of consciousness and gene gebser's structure stages but we forgot the archaic stage where the earth is the basis of life we forgot the mythic state or the magic stage where we were one with the plants and the animals and they were our brothers and sisters we forgot that there's a story about life that we tell each other so we understand life. And then you get up to computers and ideas and universities and your head's just jam full of ideas. The problem is if you lose touch with the earth, you lose touch with the connection and you lose touch with the authentic story of life, then any idea is as real as the next, even when it's killing you. And that's what where we're at now, right? So when you give people raw milk, and you give them expensive espresso that's made properly, and you give them properly slow extracted juices, and they don't like them, you know you got someone who's got a psychological disease, mm-hmm. which is sad. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been an amazing dialogue, and I've loved hearing your stories. And, and it's, I loved your stories because they're really a story about most people, except the fact that you guys actually – didn't go into a state of depression and get on the couch and get put on drugs and, and kind of get wrapped up in, in, you know, a a slow trip to hell. You, you listened to your instincts and your intuition and you went and found yourself. And I think what's really beautiful about this is I don't know about you guys, but I've, I grew to the point where I realized something in my own life. And that was that I'm most happy, genuinely happy when I'm doing something to help other people live better, feel better, create their dreams, achieve their goals. That's one of the reasons that I was so excited in my career because when I first became a therapist and a trainer for the Army boxing team, I got to see how their fight performances improved, their win records improved, the injury rate went down, and I felt alive. I'm like, wow, I'm actually doing something that's helping other people live more, love more, feel better, exercise more, perform better. And I, I really see that you guys have transitioned from, 
you know, making money and being in the world to actually getting involved in supporting people and, and living more, loving more and, and having more life in them. So I'd like to have you maybe explain your core products here and tell us how they support us in living more, loving more and, and being more vital and more engaged in the world. Yeah, well, that's that's what it's all about, Paul. And um, it's what I felt when I was doing Move Nat in Central Park for free and just had these amazing people coming through and they were all feeling better and living better. Amen. And uh, they were stoked to come back next weekend. And, and then they were doing it in their in their own lives and teaching it to their their friends and their children. And, you know, I just and then I was there. I was doing that uh, furniture business and I was making tons of money and I was at, honestly at the top of my field. Uh, I could have had a very cushioned and successful career. Um, but it was hollow and meaningless. And I told you, I, I hit this breaking point where I could no longer do it. And yeah, our mission at NET is to help people feel better and live better through the powers of nature. And that's exactly what our products are. Also, in many ways, it's it's kind of like our not so overt way of helping people reconnect with nature. You know, we put the the, the GPS coordinates of the farm right there on our products. So you know where the where the hemp is grown. We invite you at every turn to connect with, with the farm, uh, with the place, with the people, and with the, the ingredients as well. I also love your video on your website where you actually showed the valley where they, they come from and the sign. And I, I, I really felt like, you know, I'm a man of nature. I could feel the vibe of that place right through the video. I'm like, okay, these guys are smart. They went where the soil is alive, right? That's the key thing. It doesn't matter if it's farmed organic because that could be organic on dead soil. But when you go to a place where the where the life force is strong, then the plants are strong and the seeds are strong and the product is strong. And that's the first thing I noticed. I, I knew I was holding on to something special when I held the bottle in my hand because the vibration of the product inside of it is coming right through the glass. And I'm like, okay, I'm holding on to a bottle of freaking life right here. So before I even put it in my body, I was already like, okay, I got something here. Shauna definitely turned me on to the right stuff. And I, I think, you know, that's important for people to realize the first thing you want to do is feel it. Second thing you want to do is smell it and see what happens when you just hold the bottle in your hand. What happens in your body when you smell it? What happens in your body? When I smell it, I get a sense of grounding and centering. And I'm like, okay, that's already the sign that we got healthy soil and then put it in your body and go from there. So sorry for the interjection, but I wanted to share that. I no, think, I... I think that the place where it's from your video and your product all bring something into the average person's home. That's non-existent for most people, but is essential to our core health. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's existent for the people who live in Paonia, Colorado, right? They can <laughs> get it there, you know, and uh, they get it right off the land. And, we're basically giving people that, that opportunity. And we wanted it for ourselves. I wanted it for my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've always said best case scenario for us is people don't need our products. And especially when they don't need our products anymore. Right. So, you know, when we talk about our mission, um, you know, it's, it's not just products. It's content. It's education. And it is all these modalities that we can integrate into our lives that can help us achieve that mission of helping people feel better. And that's what it's all about. And, um, 
you know, so, so beyond products, you know, we're also talking about, you know, if you're having a shitty day, it doesn't necessarily mean that the first stop should be the pharmacy or to a doctor to go get some, some prescribed drugs. It could be that you just need a little time outside on your lunch break, get some sunshine on your face, get your feet on some grass or in some soil and, and allow those elements that are so innate within us to kind of come alive and just like unlock those innate abilities within us. Right. It's not so much about fixing anything. It's more about awakening what's already within us. So, um, so yeah, it's always a great way for us to, to preface, you know, as we're about to talk about products because it is not just about products. Our products are, a beautiful way to help supplement other parts of our lives that might be missing at a certain point in time. Uh, but truly when somebody cancels their subscription with us and says, Hey, I don't actually need your products anymore. Like that's the best high five moment for us. That's, that's when we're like, yes, like we've done it. Well, it also tells you that they'll know when they do need it again, because they've developed the sensitivity to know that they're, they're, what they're craving. Like a lot of people don't know they're nutritionally deficient until they eat real food and feel better. But then all of a sudden, if they're traveling on the road and they can only eat in restaurants, they really know, wow, I'm, I'm, my body's craving real food. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned it too, holding it in your hand. You're very in tune, Paul. We all know that, you know, besides the, the seed, the soil, you know, the wonderful, very, very slow, very expensive, honestly, uh, extraction and the, the care of the team here that, that creates it and bottles it. You know, we go above and beyond with, with that even as well. And you felt the energy. I don't think you knew this, but um, we infuse our products with binaural beats, 3.5 hertz, which is the frequency of the earth, and 7.83 hertz, which is a very grounding, you mentioned the word grounding, very healing DNA repair type frequency. So, you know, there's that. And then we also, you know, that's energy. That's energy medicine right there. Absolutely. And, um, you know, hidden messages in water, Dr. Dr. Emoto. Yep. Very famous study shows that um, words like love and gratitude and you're beautiful uh, have a very different effect on liquid uh, water in, in his research. But um, then words like war and, and, and hate. And we think of it the same way as as hitting the plant at the end of its life with high heat and high pressure, uh, we would never do that. It's always about respecting the plant at the end of its life. It will give you its medicine. You know, that espresso using the, uh, the super fast uh, coffee grinder, it's still an espresso, but is it like the espresso you want to put in your body? And that's the way we, we liken it to a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the, the CBD or cannabinoid uh, products that, that hit the market. And a lot of people tried them in, in you know, uh, 2019, in particular, 2020. And, um, and unfortunately, they tried the ones that weren't built with love and gratitude. And they said, Oh, this doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. I don't feel it. And so, uh, you know, we get a, a lot of customers who come to us and they say, Hey, I've tried five or six different brands and a friend of mine, or somehow I was turned on to Ned and and holy shit, now I feel it. I, I get it now. You know, turmeric's really, really hot now. There's a lot of scientific research on it. 
but they're not all created the same. So I brought Autumn Smith on to tell you about Paleo Valley's turmeric complex so you know exactly what the benefits are and why you, like me, should get your turmeric complex from Paleo Valley. Autumn, tell us about your turmeric complex. At Paleo Valley, we are big believers in food as medicine. And so turmeric, of course, it has beat drugs out. We know it's anti-inflammatory. We know it has brain benefits. We know it has joint benefits. But what most people don't know is that a lot of turmeric supplements only contain one isolated compound of turmeric called curcumin. And so what we did instead was create a complex. We added organic turmeric and then ginger and rosemary and clove, which were some of the most DNA protective spices studied. And we created a complex. We added organic coconut powder and pepper for absorption. And so we We've created a really high quality, highly bioavailable turmeric complex that will help you to feel your best. To try Paleo Valley's turmeric complex and save 15% on your purchase, go to paleovalley.com forward slash little c, little h, little e, little k15. No promotion code is required. That's paleovalley.com forward slash chek15. No promo code is required. Enjoy the best turmeric complex in the world. Lots of love. It takes life to feed life. And I think people are so used to eating death. I mean, synthetic drugs are dead. Cheap CBD molecules are dead. Cheap hemp is dead. Uh, most, pe- most of these manufacturers are trying to save so much money to mass produce that they're destroying the very product. And I, I just saw an, um, a research article, I think, on Green Med Info, Sarah G's site, and they did a comprehensive analysis of supplements and they found that 93% of the supplements sold were actually useless. They didn't do anything. And, 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 they're, and they're, a lot of them are just poisoning your body. You know, if you're not eating, look, it takes 55% of the calories that you eat to run the food from mouth to anus, just the metabolic cost of running it from mouth to anus. So if you're eating a food that's already depleted, you're actually spending vital resources at the expense of what you're putting in your body. So one of the things that was really important for me and always is important for me before I'll promote anything is, is it giving me more life than it's costing me to run it through my body? And if it's not, it's actually aging you. It's it's making you tired. And the sad part for me is how, you know, the CBD market and the hemp market has been so flooded with stuff in the guise of something helpful in the guise of nature that ultimately is actually making people tired and depleting them and and their body has to detoxify it. But when I'm using your products, I feel like I'm eating something that's still alive. It's almost like the plant's still in the bottle saying, here I am, come get me, let's make love together. (laughs) We love hearing that. And that's our mission. Uh, It's our farmer's mission. It's our whole team's mission. You know, we love hearing that, especially from someone as attuned as you are. That's uh, that's high, high, high praise, Paul. Well, the thing is, is, is look, I, I, one of the most painful things for me would be to be misleading people. I have to sleep with that. And I personally would feel terrible. I mean, if I, I wouldn't offer anything that I would not ex- be excited about giving to my children. In fact, I use your sleep product with my kids sometimes because kids, you know, they get all jacked up and excited and they have a hard time winding down. That's why they call it the witching hour. The hour before bed is when the kids kind of go off. It's 
funny because our dogs do the same thing. They'll start racing around the house and knocking things over and I have to put them outside so they can go wind down. But the kids will actually, and I, I don't know what the dosing is for kids. So I've been just using like four drops, I think, of sleep for Zoe. And uh, probably about the same if Mana uses it because I don't know what the dosing. Have you ever looked into the dosing for kids on these things or, or is there any concern? Yeah, it's it's kind of obligated to say like best thing to do is check with the healthcare provider, but general guidance we give is one milligram per 10 pounds of body weight. So, um, so that would be a, a rough guideline. Right. Well, Zoe weighs 39 pounds. So uh, that would be what about five milligrams. How much of that is on, on the scale on the, on the bo- on the dropper? It depends on which product you're using, but um, if you're using a 300 milligram that, you know, that's a, that's 10 milligrams per dropper. Uh, so you would use half a half of a dropper full. Okay, well, I was only giving her four drops, so she's yeah. well in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and sleep blend that would that would actually be great, right? Because that's a twenty five milligram per dropper. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much you're looking at 0.2 milligrams roughly to get the right serving size. So, so you're in the ballpark for sure. Yeah, well, good. Yeah. I have a good guessing system then. Yeah, and Sienna, my daughter, she's eleven, and she calls it uh, the witching hour. She calls it getting the wiggles out. Yeah, she, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's doing hands handstands and cartwheels and somersaults, and and um, yeah, you know, she uh, she uses sleep blend from time to time, um, and you know, I'm I'm very happy that she does. Um, you know, for us, my favorite product is. Um, uh, sleep blend is, is definitely up there. I love that. I think that the number one thing we can do for our health is to sleep well and yeah, rest well. Amen. And, uh, and so that's why we love sleep blend and it's just a, a beautiful, um, formulation of, of some really, truly great products. And, you know, beyond the, uh, the hemp that's in there, um, the other botanicals are also, uh, sourced with the same intention. You know, we were we were sourcing our hemp from from Jonathan, and then we were sourcing our other ingredients like uh, skullcap and and passionflower and chamomile from really great companies like Mountain Rose Herbs and Pacific Botanicals. These are like top top in the notch companies, and they only work with great farmers. But we said, man, we've really lost the connection to the farmers, and so we. Um, we switched that up about two years ago and we called it our farm to, to Ned collective and our uh, operations manager, Vita, she, she actually ran a educational farm down in Mendoza in Argentina. And she's um, she's a farmer through and through. We happened to have uh, enticed her to, to work with us in a, in our, uh, the Ned quarters. But, um, but she has gone out over the last two years and found the absolute best farmers for things like lavender and, and ashwagandha and, uh, you know, all of the beautiful um, botanicals and fungi and roots and herbs that and minerals that we put into our products as well. So, you know, sleep blends full of great ingredients. I wanted to share something that I think is important for a lot of people to understand. You know, I have a lot of soul force in me. I've been writing my magnum opus called Spirit Gym for three and a half years now. It's going to be a 15 volume set. Uh, website membership program where I teach people how to use the principles of Spirit Gym. And so 
my challenge is like I, I, I'm not normally a guy that has a hard time falling asleep, but my challenge is I have so much I want to do in the world that it's almost like there's a river of, of consciousness flowing through me that practically picks me up. I get up out of bed every morning at 3.30, whether I like it or not. There's something inside me that says, go, do, create, don't lay in bed any longer. And it's not the human part of me because my body often says I'm tired. But there's something inside me that's so much more powerful than my body that what I'm leaning to here is that when I started using the sleep formula, I found that the sleep formula actually calmed the spirit in me so that I could actually get a deeper sleep because I'll find myself dreaming about what I'm writing about and ways to say it better or, or, or imagery that I need to create. And sometimes it can be almost exhausting. It's like I have to say to my soul, come on, give me a break. I need a just a rest here. And so once I started using the sleep formula, I would wake up and go, wow, I slept all night. And I wasn't like, you know, creating all night. Because sometimes, you know, paradoxically, sometimes we got to take a break from even what we love to do, or we can find ourselves loving ourselves right into a stupor. And I've gotten to the point where as hard as I want to go, I'm, I, I can't focus anymore. I'm too tired. And so the, 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 one of the things I loved, about, and, and by the way, there's been a couple of times where I ran out of the sleep blend, but I had de-stress, and I found it also did that for me. So there's it definitely will. There's something in de-stress and sleep that calms my soul, not just my body. And I, I'm saying that because you know a lot of the people that listen to my podcast are high achievers. They're driven people, and so I think we we have to realize that the right combination of herbs that are in real high vitality actually works on our soul. That's what biodynamic farming is all about is the soul force in food. So I want to congratulate you on creating a product that actually deals with me physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, not just my body. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, and it's really, I think, We've, we've talked about where these botanicals come from and what's put into the, to, to growing them and to giving them life. And I think that does really come through. And, you know, I think when you, when we look at our range, just to get a little bit into that, you know, our daily blend is our original product, right? That is just two ingredients. It's our amazing full spectrum hemp and it's our carrier, which is organic MCT oil. And, you know, that is just such a incredible core formula and just has so many incredible benefits and just really does address this like core four, what we call it, which is our sleep, stress, pain, and inflammation. And, and really where we have evolved the line is really an understanding what our customers' needs are, as well as what do people find themselves taking pharmaceuticals for? Good question. Right? And, uh, you know, with sleep in particular, it's, I mean, you look at this space and it's like the amount of drugs being taken for sleep or even quote unquote, more natural solutions like melatonin are disrupting circadian rhythm. Absolutely. It's actually crippling our ability to sleep naturally, where to your point, sometimes all you need is something to soothe your nervous system because it's a chain reaction it's like if your nervous system is elevated but you're tired you're not going to sleep well if you're super tired but you know 
there's a different imbalance, like there's just not going to be a, a, an ability to, I mean, you might fall asleep, you might not sleep through the night, right? Or so, you go to sleep, but you don't get deep restorative sleep. And, mm-hmm, and one yeah. of the things that I found using both the sleep and the de-stress is that I wake up feeling more restored, even if I don't get as long of a sleep. I can tell the difference when I don't use it versus when I do. It's it's like you say, it's like it's calming my nervous system. It's almost as though it's calming every cell in my body so that less sleep actually turns out to give me the effect that would take more sleep to give me. And, you know, I think for, for me, I like tools that enhance what I love to do. Yes, I'm a busy guy. Yes, I got a lot of fire in me. Yes, I paint and I stack rocks and I do Tai Chi and I do every damn thing under the sun that I can possibly fit into a day. But I still find that if you get something that actually aids your ability to live and and give your heart to the world fully, it's like having a really good tool in your toolbox. Like I love to smoke super high grade outdoor grown marijuana when I paint because I just love the opening that it gives me. I don't need it, but I love it. So I could paint without it, but shit, I got, I grow it right here on my property and it's like I'm smoking my own land and it opens the doors to more joy in the process. So why not? That's what God created all this stuff for, right? That's right. And the other thing I wanted to share is, I'll tell you a funny story. When I first got your de-stress product, um, Penny gave it to me and I thought, oh, well, this is cool. And I was having a bit of a stressful day of, you know, working with challenging clients and just a busy schedule and people pointing cameras at me all day. And and I I needed to get a deadline met and I just felt too buzzed out and I didn't, I just didn't feel like working. So I thought, hmm, I'm going to try the de-stress oil. So I just took a whole dropper load of it, you know? Well, the next thing you know, I'm sitting at my desk and I am so goddamn blissed out. I'm just like, wow. (laughs) So I went right over the other side. I'm like, oh, well, (laughs) fuck it. I'm going to just get up in the morning and do this. But I realized (laughs) what I realized with, with the, with the de-stress is I didn't need that much. So I think for people listening, because these are, very high quality products that you invest in because they're real medicine for the body. It's not a cost. It's an investment that you should experiment and see how much you need, you know, start with four or five drops under your tongue and see how you feel and let your body tell you, then you kind of learn the product. Now I know from using them now for a number of months, I know my body knows what it wants. In other words, do I want to, uh, you know, a full dropper load, a half a dropper load, a quarter dropper load. When I first got the brain and, and, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to test this. And I trust these guys because I've already tried the sleep and the de-stress and it was really high quality, but I've had so damn many of these cognitive products and brain stimulators thrown at me in the last several years. And most of them just jack me up and make me feel like shit. Like I'm on cheap, pot that was grown in electric lights with chemical fertilizer or something. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to try the brain. And I had another day where I was real tired. So I did the same thing. I took I, whatever the, the dropper load is and put it in some tea. 
And my God, I was just jacked up. I felt like I got to go to the fucking gym and do some Olympic lifting or something. <laughs> the difference was, though, I didn't have that sickly buzz. I didn't have like the the shaking. Like it just felt like I was I'd ate something with so much energy in it that I couldn't hold still. Like it just picked me right up. Like, well, I got to get out of my chair. But interestingly, through experimentation, I found that for me, like it, you know, I get up at 3.30 in the morning, so normally I take a nap around 3.30 or 4 for about 20 minutes so then I can finish my day and, and not be tired. But some days I, I, my schedule won't allow it. So I found if I do two to four drops of the brain in a cup of tea, it brings me to the sweet spot. So the point being, again, you you often, these products can last you a lot longer if you just let your body guide you because you may not need as much and they are very potent because they're the real deal. So you, you want to take your time and explore these things and let your body talk to you about it. And, uh, I, I was actually really impressed with the brain because it, 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 you know, I, I, I have some ginkgo, uh, it's, it's super high quality Dr. Nick, uh, you know, sonic extraction, top of the line, organically grown, but there's something about, too much ginkgo that makes my brain ache like it overdrives my brain and i i just put one or two drops on on some tobacco and herbs and vaporize it but it overdoes me but i did not have that effect with the brain even on a full dropper my brain didn't get that achy overdriven sense i just felt like i had so damn much energy i i needed to go weed the garden or chase the dog or something you know <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of the formulas, right? And this is where this incredible brain trust comes in. And our botanist, Annie, you know, we've spent hours and hours and hours coming up with these blends to understand how do they work together? Yeah, synergy. Right? And that's, and that is the beauty of these products. And, you know, brain, brain blend specifically, you know, I think, sure, there are the immediate kind of increased blood flow to your brain and the sense of, of clarity, but then there's also, you know, the treatment for, for long-term brain health. And that's another very underappreciated thing until it was for, for many of us until it's too late, or, you know, Rhett and I are now both over 40 and, uh, you know, we think about the long-term and it, it very much fit into the narrative of our lives, but most importantly, our customers. And we take so many cues from our customers and, you know, half the fun of this this business is understanding the issues that our customers are dealing with, understanding the awful incumbent solutions they might have, like, like these heavy prescription drugs, just seeing like, okay, like, let's see what we can come up with, with the caveat of, of course, being that like, you know, we're big believers in science, big believers in Western medicine. There's a time and place for it. It just doesn't always need to be that first line of defense. Well, first right? do so, no harm, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, wanting to pay homage to our ancestors who went out and gave their lives to try the, that berry so that the rest of us could know that, hey, that we might want to, you know, not eat that berry whole, or maybe there's a something that we should be extracting from it. And so, you know, there's just this, you know, our entire human evolution of, uh, of, of knowledge in plants and minerals and fungi and mushrooms and I guess mushrooms are fungi, but, uh, algae and, uh, and all the like. And it's, it's, um, you know, over the last 120 years or so, it's just been thrown out the window. 
which is, uh, you know, a really big coup that the pharmaceutical world has pulled over on us. And the, honestly, the, the big food world as well. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's the state of capitalism that has come back to bite us, but it's good to know that there are solutions and you guys have really helped us out with that. The one that I'm not familiar with because I haven't had a chance to try it yet is balance. I'd love you to tell us about it. I want to know myself so that when I get some, I think, Rhett, you said you were sending me some. Um, what's the balance formula all about? How, how does it work and, and what, what can we expect from that? Balance is one that we launched in 2019, um, really after hearing from a lot of our female customers who are asking, hey, does full spectrum hemp? help with period symptoms? Does it help with, um, you know, hormonal imbalance? Uh, does it help with menopause? And, you know, it, it set us on this path, you know, it's to male founders just to really try to learn as much as we could and really assemble a team of incredible women to help us develop this product. Great. Um, and I'm so, sure the women so are we, happy to know that women help develop a product for women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And quite literally, that was the first thing we did. We, yeah. we got to find the right women for this. Yeah. So the botanicals in the, in this blend really are initially designed to really nurture the female endocrine system for humans who menstruate. There are many imbalances. It might be mineral. It might be hormone, whatever it is can really make symptoms a lot more fierce, whether it's on PMS or, or during menopause. So, so that was really the design of this product that, you know, used over a two, three month period could really just bring that endocrine system back into balance. So it's, uh, it's, it's funny. It's one of our, our less heralded products in a way. It's, uh, I'd say the, the customer base is, is more focused, but the, amount of time that our customers stay with this product is, is staggering. It's, uh, it's one of our sneaky, really amazing products that continues to just help people for the long term. Well, interestingly, I didn't know it was for the women. So I, of course I have two wives and a daughter, so I'll, I'll give it to them to try. Now Zoe's four, so I doubt she's going to have any problems, <laughs> but it brings up something interesting. I want to tell you guys about, cause I learned something quite by accident that I think you'll find fascinating. I use a health appraisal questionnaire that's very, very comprehensive. You know, health, do you know what a health appraisal questionnaire is? I'm assuming an onboarding for, uh, it's for a, therapy. It's a questionnaire that looks through indicators of different pathologies and the way health appraisal questionnaires were really originally developed. So you'll have a series of questions, for example, about the liver. And what they do is they look at all the symptoms that people with liver pathology present with when they come to doctors. And then they say, okay, here's the 10 most common symptoms that indicate some kind of a dysfunction in the liver. So if the patient scores real high, it means I need to look carefully at what's stressing their liver out. So I have to look at their diet. I have to look at chemicals, body care products, um, environmental chemicals at work. Um, chemicals outgassing from carpets. And that's why I, then I do environmental testing and functional medicine testing so I can correlate why is this liver score so high? For example, someone drinking a lot of alcohol can have a very high liver score. So 
I have, it's, it's almost 400 questions. It takes quite a while to fill it out, but it gives me a very good look. It's like kind of getting a, an internal read on how their internal systems are doing so I can tell why they might be having certain cognitive symptoms, health symptoms, um, poor sexual performance, poor cognitive performance, chronic aches and pains. And so I'm very skilled at reading these things and knowing where to look. Well, every now and then, strangely enough, well, you know, not unsurprising, I would have men clients who didn't realize that they filled out the female section, even though it's clearly laid, this is the section for females. And I found several times that men went right off the charts as though they were women in a state of severe menstrual disorder or had high menopausal symptoms. And I thought, what the hell's going on here? And so one of the things that I found out by doing blood tests and testing a lot of these guys that they had high levels of xenoestrogens from plastics largely and other chemicals coming into them that were actually giving them the same symptom profile as women. So I found out that, and we have all the same hormones just in different proportions. So I found out interestingly that I actually had to do a lot of the same approaches with some of these men as I had to do with women, even though there were men. So the punchline is when I get that balance formula for women, I'm going to test it on me and see what happens just because I want to know. Yeah. Well, we've both taken it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are looking quite pretty too. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll get you looking pretty too. Paul. Excellent. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure the, my wives would find that very good. You know, at 62, if I can get a little more, glow in my skin and a little, <laughs> little softer approach to life and it might be healthy. Absolutely. It would be. Yeah. I just, I did a, a vision quest a couple months ago in, in the Utah desert at my second. And um, my vision was that the future is female. Yeah. Well, thank God because the patriarchal model is about to destroy all of us. I agree. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. I thought I'd take a minute to sing you a little song. Dr. Quiet, she is yin. Know how she loves to bring energy in. She teaches you how to rest so your energy is always at its best. Hey! And I want to tell you a little secret. You know how I support Dr. Quiet? I use Organifi Gold, and it does some magic to help you sleep deeper and restore better so you can get up and be a freedom fighter first thing in the morning and all through the day. And I got Drew Canoli, who created the product right here, right now, to tell us why it works so well. Drew, what's so unique about Organifi Gold except the fact that my kids won't stop asking for it? I love this song. Thank you. And I think if we were DJing this, we would do Rishi. Because Rishi, full spectrum, eight to one, beta glucans, knock you out. The queen of mushroom. Rishi is one of the most powerful things we can put in our body, especially at night. Helps restore, revitalize, great for the liver. So while we sleep, not only are we restoring and repairing the cells, but we're detoxing in the most effective way possible. Yes. And it doesn't have to taste bad. In fact, it could be something you crave. Yeah. And that's Organifi Gold. It tastes like Autumn had a baby with a marshmallow. Every time I have it, it just knocks me out. I've literally tracked it with my Whoop, my Aura Ring, yeah. and it adds another hour to an hour and a half of deep sleep. That's great. Ram and deep every single night. You know what's also really cool? Rishi is a wise man. Mm. It's not only the name of a mushroom, 
but a Rishi is a wise man. Oh, true story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's absolutely true. I'm not so, pulling your leg. And how much wisdom have you and I gained from night school? A Dream lot time. of wisdom. Yep. Yes. And you gain a lot when you can't sleep. You go, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> and how do I get it fixed up? <laughs> so, hey, you know, one time when I was visiting you at your house, you made me a gold, Organifi Gold as a hot tea. And I'd never realized you could make it hot. It's the best way. And I was like blown away. I'm like, wow, this is incredibly good. It tastes like dessert. Mm-hmm. But it, unlike most sweet things, if you take sweet stuff at night, you can't sleep very well and it jacks you up. But this stuff was just so relaxing and so amazing. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And I know you're allergic to coconut. Yeah. Right? So, But what I like to do, and this is when I'm being bad. You see, there's a much bigger cannoli than the cannoli you see today. I I would eat ice cream and all kinds of comfort food because I'm from Michigan. Uh But one thing that put my cravings in check, I take a little cocoa whip. Yeah. I put it on top of this golden tea. It is the best drink at night you could ever have. It's amazing. I'm intolerant. I'm not allergic. So I did try it. It It just makes me feel stressed. But I found that, you know, if I don't overdo it, I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to have everybody try Organifi Gold because we all need to sleep deep and pay attention to what our soul tells us while we dream so we can work together to Mm. make this world a beautiful place for everybody and get our freedom back and get rid of the toxins in the government and other things we need to do. And now, for a limited time, Organifi Gold Pumpkin Spice is back. All the goodness of regular Organifi Gold with the flavors of fall, pumpkin, cinnamon, nutmeg, and allspice. Go to Organifi.com forward slash check 20 and use the code check 20 to get 20% off your order of Organifi Gold Pumpkin Spice. That's Organifi.com forward slash check 20 and the code is CHEK20 to get 20% off your order. Sleep well. Why don't you dial us in on whichever of the other products that you would like to share because you have some other ones as well. Yeah, well, you know, we covered our our full spectrum hemp collection, you know, really the core origins of our business. Um, but, you know, it was never our intention to be a hemp or CBD company. It was always to be a, a company that stood for all plants and herbs and roots and minerals and fungi and algaes. So, you know, one that we're, of course, very proud of is, is Mellow. Yes, uh, this it works great, our, by the way. My kids, magne- it's a great one for kids. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So that, that's our magnesium super blend. Um, and really magnesium super blend is our, is our trademarked uh, title for a very powerful blend of chelated magnesiums, as well as uh, some really powerful amino acids that really help address mood, sleep, and all of these deficiencies that come with magnesium deficiency. It's something that was almost two years in the making, ton of tinkering around. And, you know, when we released this product, it, it immediately became uh, a favorite of our customers as well, because it also replaced a lot of these really crummy incumbent products. Yeah. Magnesium is in the same boat as CBD was, you know, there's just flooded magnesium products out there, but uh, you know, if you get a real properly made one, like you're saying, it, it can really be very, very beneficial on many levels. And as you both know, the soils are so depleted of magnesium worldwide that most people, even e- even eating an organic diet, could be depleted in magnesium. Absolutely, and that's that was that story right there was one of the reasons why it felt like this was something that Ned that we had to take on. 
And it's part and parcel with our nature deficit disorder in that, you know, we're just stripping the soil of magnesium and it's, it's due to, to monocropping and, and big ag. And, and it's, um, you know, it's that break from our connection with nature and the way mother nature intended. And so it, it really felt like it was part of our, our mission and mandate to, uh, to bring a great product. And, um, and, you know, we've got a few other ideas along the same vein that uh, will take us into other areas in the future. And like Adrian said, we never intended to be a CBD company. We really intended to help people uh, find a deeper connection to the natural world and to feel better and live better by doing that. And then to hopefully maybe also vote for the environment. Amen. Thank you. I'm with you there. Both hands up. All right. Yeah, I mean, that is honestly, that is the ultimate goal. We happen to have a, a consumer packaged goods company that uh, that is our vehicle there. Um, but Adrian and I are both involved in, in other elements that that do that. And, you know, honestly, that's that's the 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 end result, we hope, is a, a cleaner, healthier planet. I love knowing that that anybody that buys products from Ned is actually funding farmers that are really caring for the soil and really have a deep connection to the planet and to the importance of all that. You know, the, the health of our topsoils is disastrous. And, and I could, you know, give a long, long lecture and I do quite, quite frequently on these issues. But for me, I, we all know the political system is just a bunch of bullshit. So there's really the most powerful vote you have is, is how you spend your money because that's what you're, you're feeding, right? And when you, when you feed the farmers that feed the soil, then you're feeding the future of our children and you're feeding the future of the biosystem itself. And that's why I say products like this are not expenses. They're honest investments. And that investment extends way beyond you. You know, we have to remember that we have an echo type relationship. In my system, echo stands for energy, chemistry, hydration, and organisms. So whatever you do to the energy, chemistry, hydration, and organisms around you, you do it to yourself. And the more you damage the energy, chemistry, hydration, and organisms in yourself, the more confused and lost you get, the more likely you are to keep destroying what supports you. So I say we have to fund a healthier echo because we have to deal with what we create. And if we're going to spend money, let's create uh, harmony in the environment because our kids have nowhere to go if we don't start wising up here. Absolutely. Man, so well said, Paul. And I got goosebumps. Uh, and I know that uh, our farmers, when they listen to this, as will as well. Yeah, it's just such a big part of what we do. And, and you know, supporting farmers directly is just so much so nice. I mean, we see Jonathan, we see him finish that, that uh, straw bill house he's been building for so many years. We see him, you know, upgrade the, uh, the equipment to equipment that's, that's highly functional. And so, you know, just love seeing that. We see take his family to, to Yosemite to show them where he used to climb um, with the money that, that comes from the people who buy our products. So it's, it's really important to us. And you said it so well. I think farmers are really the medicine carriers of the future, honestly. I mean, you can't, you can't, as I, I always say, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit, you know, unless you're Mother Nature, she can do that. But the metaphor is you can't make good stuff out of junk. And I think, honestly, our future is really heavily dependent on farmers. If we don't get good farming 
in mass, we're in big trouble. And so is the entire of the environment. I mean, if you look at what herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, rodenticides, glyphosate, chemical fertilizers have done to nature, there's a lot of studies on it. You know, this whole idea of, of fast food and factory food production is, is really a, a, a dangerous myth. In fact, I've got a phenomenal book you guys would find mind-blowing. It's called Farmers of 40 Centuries. It was written in 1910. And the United States government was shocked at how China, Japan, and Korea could feed such a massive number of people on such a small amount of arable or farmable land. They sent Professor F.H. King uh, to investigate, and he found that the on average, the average Chinese farmer could grow more food organically on one and two-thirds of an acre in 1910 than an American farming family could produce on 40 acres. He said most American farming families found it hard to feed their family on 40 acres, yet you had Chinese farmers, Japanese and Korean farmers on one and two-thirds of an acre producing more food than Americans were getting off of 40 acres because they were sticking to these natural principles, which would really be in line with, with Steiner's biodynamic principles and what is called Korean farming, which is another top-notch type of uh, farming. I know Ryan Sprague uses that for his uh, marijuana growing operation. And so I think that we, we have to realize that the soil is our future and it's, it's the basis of our health and that we need to really focus on supporting companies like Ned because we're inspiring the farmers to stay in the game and the farmers need to be paid fairly. They're kind of like school teachers. We underpay our school teachers and can't figure out why we got kids with degrees that, that aren't intelligent at all. And we've got food that's got no nutrition in it. Well, we got to, we need better school teachers and better farmers because that's the basis of our future. Without those two, we might as well just start building our coffins right now. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, Jonathan, every year we, we purchase more and more hemp. And every year, Jonathan grows on less and less acreage. How about that? That's pretty good. He that's just gets better and better at farming. His soil gets better. His amendments get better. And he grows on less less acreage every single year, and yet he pr he produces more and more yield for us. Yeah, that's well, that's the sign of a highly skilled farmer. You guys want to talk about the immunity uh, formula? Yeah, love immunity. I uh, got back from from a, a dream trip of mine, uh, powder skiing in Japan, uh, snowboarding actually, and um, caught one of the last flights out of Hokkaido before they shut it down for COVID. Got back 11 days later, felt like like I got hit by a sledgehammer. All of the symptoms. I got one of the first tests in America of a COVID test. It said I was negative. Um, whatever. It do <laughs> doesn't matter either way, but I had a really bad fever. And uh, this was this was coming. And I, I called up our botanist, Annie Miller, who actually grows a lot of our herbs as well, and said, Annie, let's, let's think about something we could make that would help with immunity. And let's you know, very importantly, let's not profit from it. hundred percent of all profits will go to charity. Wow. And, um, so, oh yeah, that's, that's a uh, hundred percent of all profits for immunity blend go to charity. Now um, this was right when people were starting to freak out and we, so we had to scramble and try to find 
astragalus and elderflower and really all of the ingredients that uh, people were just like buying and uh, and getting ready for with. But um, it's a really beautiful blend. We're actually, it's been a limited edition until, uh, when are we launching? In two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a limited edition for almost three years now. And um, it's done so well that we're bringing it into the Ned family now of products. And um, it's kind of been this like one-off thing that we thought we would do, um, but we love it and our customers love it. And yeah, anytime I feel like, you know, immune compromised, I'm drinking as much of it as, as possible. Um, and it's, it doesn't have to be when I feel symptoms. It could be when I feel like symptoms could come up. So maybe I've been, you know, working out in the cold for a long time, which, uh, or haven't been rather, and um, and begin to do so, or maybe it's you know being on flights, uh, just down a bottle of that, and uh, and I always I've always made it through. So it's a it's a liquid that you drink because I haven't had yeah. a chance to test it myself. Yeah, well, there's some uh, on the way to you, Paul. Uh, I'd probably be arriving today or tomorrow. All right, good. So you, you it's just uh, drink the whole bottle. Is that the standard operation? No, not necessarily. I I like to from talking. I think. I think you'll probably need less than I need. Um, I think your body is, is cleaner than mine. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Hearing, it's older. From hearing the doses. <laughs> <laughs> hearing the, you know, the effective doses for you. Uh, mine are, are three or four times what you're describing. So I think uh, you would need less than I do. And um, really it's designed to have about 10, 10 doses. Meaning? Um, per bottle. Oh, 10 doses per bottle. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. I always ask my soul to to guide me, but sometimes, you know, when I was testing your products, I just said, I want to see what happens when I do this, just so I could get a sense of what's happening to other people. Great. Well, I know you also have some other stuff. You have uh, nutritive sea salts, teas, lip balms, relief balms, herbal salts. So those are all things people can look at on your website and check out and they're all top-notch quality because i know you guys don't do anything but the best if people can't afford a lot they're on a tight budget what would you say your one or two things you think are the best thing across the board for general health and and kind of a health insurance plan you know if we were to recommend two products uh that are quite affordable you know i would say mellow is certainly one right magnesium is it the magnesium product it is, yeah. So very approachable price point, very impactful and gets you a long way. And then the other would be our 300 milligram daily blend, also very approachable price point and is, you know, that core full spectrum hemp product that really does kind of set you on a really good foundation for, for healing with cannabinoids. You know, I think those two combined even better, but one or the other is is a really good entry point and and also a great way for customers to try on med without feeling like they're over their skis. Um, because what we often see is, you know, customers will enter in on, say, their 300 milligram daily blend, figure out what kind of dosage is right for them, and then, you know, feel more comfortable investing in something that will be with them for the long term. Good. And the mellow, it, it, normally a lot of these magnesium products, I know I've used yours at night for, for sleep quality and for the kids too. 
is that something that should only be taken at night because it's going to make you sleepy and drowsy or how do you feel that it can be used? Yeah, no, it's definitely not only at night. You know, I think that's, I would say more common, but certainly can be used during the day. You know, I think it's one of those things that whenever you feel like you could benefit from a little mellow, as we, as we say, you know, it's, it's perfectly appropriate. It has 300 milligrams of magnesium. It has L-theanine. It has GABA. So some of these amino acids that are really good for stress response. So for a hectic day, for, you know, if you feel like you've had too much coffee, if you oh. feel a little like your nervous system is fired up, it's a great time to, to have a, have a glass and get your daily dose there. Or you smoke some cheap pot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you need a, a counterbalance. Here's a question I wanted to throw at you guys. You know, as you know, the world's quite unstable on many levels at present. We have uh, environmental challenges, medical, political, social, economical, educational, censorship issues, and all sorts of other challenges. The list is long. Could you guys each share your favorite tip for navigating these challenges times and not become not becoming overwhelmed and, and how, how you stay creative and productive in your life? Well, it can seem like the world's falling apart all around us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're real challenges, and uh, you know, Adrian and I are are certainly living them and breathing them like like the rest of of us are. And um, you know, I think Paul, you could probably guess where I'm going to go with this, and it's always to nature. Um, you know, always, and it's just what can I do that's going to be more natural. I slept in my treehouse last night. Oh, right um, on! <laughs> oh, yeah. As as often as I can, I try to to sleep at least fifty nights a, a year outdoors. I'm gonna have to build a treehouse for my kids. You just inspired <laughs> me. We've got lots of. I'll big come trees. and help. That'd be. I fun. love it. Yeah, oh, I love it. But yeah, no, just getting back to nature, and that could be, you know, it, people tend to think, oh, that's a walk in the woods. That's what he's talking about. No, it's it's DNA movement. It's DNA nutrition. And, um, and then it's taking time to be reverent. You have to, you have to, you have to stop and slow down and then the reverence can happen. Watch and the flowers so, grow for a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I came back from a, a big eight day trip all through Utah and, um, spent a lot of time just thinking and sitting. And, uh, I'd say the highlight of the whole trip was, sitting on this cliff's edge while the sun was setting and seeing this insect dig a hole in the sand. And I watched it for 40, probably 40 minutes or so. And I just was so curious why it was digging there. And I uh, eventually finished its hole, went and found a, another dead insect and buried it. Mm. And um, the reverence there was just, it was just so profound. I felt so at ease and I still feel that. You know, that was four months ago, and I still feel the ease of that connection. And, um, and so for me, it's always, it's always going to nature. Yeah, good. Well, if Bill Gates has his way, you're going to have to go back there and dig that insect up and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I would happily go back there. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian, what's your magic tool that you use for navigating the wild west that we're in yeah really really not too different paul um you know i think 
nature is is so powerful and you know i think the if i would add one thing it's really just trying to simplify everything you know i think we have a tendency to try to stack solutions on little problems that don't necessarily really need to be so complex and i think when we really pull back the layers get back to the simple things slowing down and you know really taking time to to be present with people we love you know I've had, i have a a nine month old right now and a little boy and you know it's funny you you don't expect that to slow you down but it totally has you know i've found so much presence and just his curiosity of the world and also just how you know a nine month old brain is is developing and it's uh a really, I'd say, grounding experience to to have that. But but truly, nothing nothing is better than nature and getting outside and getting some fresh, cold air on your skin or some sunshine on your face. It's really just it is that thing that can shift you in an instant, and it's something that I think we all can benefit from and can hopefully consciously spend more time within as well as uh thinking about and conserving yeah good well i'll throw my own little tip in yeah please you know think of all the times that we were afraid something bad was going to happen whether it be in business and relationships with money with family or whatever and it never did and that's usually the way it goes right the the we tend to project fears forward so my tip is that I always use is, you know, one, I always remind myself the world's always been full of wars and battles and crazy shit. It's just now that we have social media and electronics, we know who farts in Africa before the smell goes away. So now we are just faced with all of it where we never used to, we used to be more isolated. So my tip is if you've got breath, water, food, safety, shelter, warmth and people that you can share love with it's not that big a deal mm-hmm. yeah. it's okay well said. basic needs love yeah it. if you can if you got that then let the world and the drama go but take time to depart from it and focus on you know celebrating that we have these core essentials and then use your creativity and vitality to protect them so that we can maintain them because without them then we are really in a stressful problems so absolutely food water safety shelter warmth water love and don't worry about it if you want to worry about it wait till you're resourced and you can go into it with a clear head and add something creative and intelligent to the thing but if you just walk around stressing the shit out of yourself then it won't matter whose products you take it's your mind that needs to be addressed, not your body. And your mind will kill your body, as you both know. Mm-hmm. So where do people find uh, your products, guys? And is there any specific offers for my Living 4D listeners, which are now our yes. listeners? Yes, absolutely. Well, helloned.com is the home of all things Ned. Ned on Instagram. But HelloNet.com is where you can get your hands on some products, try some samples for your audience, especially we're doing 15% off first purchase Great. and they're just using check as promo code at checkout. C-H-E-K. Yep. C-H-E-K. That's it. Just check. Just check. 
All right, guys, you got no excuse not to check it out, baby. <laughs> I did, and and I I still am excited about the stuff you're sending me to try out because I I don't know I get high when I find it's so damn hard to find people that are doing the job correctly that when you do find it it's like oh my god finally someone who knows how to do the job correctly and it's just such an amazing experience so I'm really grateful to you guys and. Uh, Thank you so much for what you're doing and, and continuing to do. And you know, my, my heart and soul uh, is with you to inspire you to keep creating new and useful things that are helpful. And I'm so grateful that you support real farmers and herbalists and, and the geniuses that we need to wrap our arms around because it's these people that can feed us well enough to turn our brains on so that collectively we can start working our way into creating a world that's more favorable for our children and their future. And I'll say thank you to all my sponsors as well, including you guys, uh, Ned, uh, Adrian, and Rhett. Thank you so much for your love and support and helping me help other people. And um, thank you to all of my sponsors. And thank you to each of you for anything you buy from the sponsors. A little commission goes to me to help me run the podcast, do a good job, have the time and, and the resources to find the right guests and make it something special and uh, try to share something with you each podcast to enhance your life a little bit. So lots of love to all of you. Thanks for being in the game every day, doing your best, sharing your love. And I will look forward to sharing something exciting with you next time I release a podcast, which is every Tuesday. So I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guests, Adrian Zimmerman and Rhett Taylor. Ned is offering Paul's listeners 15% off your first purchase of any of Ned's products, including the De-Stress Blend, the Sleep Blend, the Brain Blend, and Mellow. Go to helloned.com forward slash check and use the code check at checkout to get your 15% discount. That's helloned.com forward slash C-H-E-K and the code is C-H-E-K. You can also catch up on the latest news from Ned on Instagram at N-E-D, that's at Ned. Connect with Paul on Instagram, TikTok and threads at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash living 4D with Paul Check. You can watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com or visit the Czech Institute site at checkinstitute.com to find Paul's e-learning courses, advanced training programs, and to learn more about the Czech Academy. You can read the show notes and find links to all the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our premier sponsors by Optimizers, Organifi and Paleo Valley, our podcast sponsors, Ned and Wild Pastures, and our preferred product sponsor, Peak Life. Please show your appreciation by taking advantage of their special discounts for listeners. All the links are in the show notes. And finally, if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review on the podcast platform of your choice. This podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcast, and YouTube.